Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> hey, fuckers. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. Uh, it's the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Follow us on social media. Because that's where you're going to get all the fun stuff and all of our shows and also um, the latest updates, booty pics, boob pics, hip pics, dick pics. I've been getting a lot of dick pics. We're going to talk about that we later. We don't post them, but you know, we maybe we'll talk about them. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then also you will never have an instance where you're like, oh my God, you were in Phoenix this weekend. I live in Phoenix. Follow us on social media. There you go. Uh, the duo social media is sorry about last night or SRY about last uh, NYT on Twitter. Mine is Christina Hutch on all the things. And mine's Philanthropy Gal on all the things. Today's news update comes from Huffington Post politics. People are starting to prioritize politics over sex in online dating. Great sex has been widely favored. Uh, a reply since stating the app OkCupid started asking its users this question in 2003 and until now. For the first time in the app's 15-year history, users in major cities like New York and San Francisco and L.A. have tipped the scale in favor of compatible politics, OkCupid told HuffPost. So the overall number of women prioritizing politics over sex has doubled from 2016 to 2018 and the percentage increased from 27% to 42% across the entire country. Over the same period, the app has seen a 1,000% increase in political terms on people's profile, reflecting a major shift in values that its executives have been watching closely since the Trump election. You may have read that Trump staffers can't get laid, Hobley said. It's kind of true, based on what we're seeing, that Trump supporters are having these issues. Since the app's been asking the simple question, Trump? Since its election, 90% of the users have responded no or hell no, indicating the app should not even show the people who support the president. Well, yeah, come on, guys. Millennial women, unsurprisingly, are the most likely to prioritize politics and online dating. 73% of them, compared to 56% of millennial men, have told OkCupid that they're looking to date someone of the same political party, and half of all women on the app say they won't date someone who doesn't vote in elections. Well, that I agree with. Several women said they won't even date a man who indicates in his bio that he's moderate. In, in this increasingly polarized atmosphere, they assume that probably means he can, he's conservative. Says Olivia, 23-year-old in New York, I never swipe right if they are conservative or moderate. In New York City, saying you're moderate is just a lie, covering up the fact that you want to get on a date but are conservative, which in my opinion is worse than just being a Trump supporter in the first place but the worst 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 guys she added are the ones that say apolitical because they must be living on a different planet <laughs> wonder why she's single um <laughs> uh, well I, I made her sound more obnoxious um yeah but the fact but that she probably sounds like that maybe. she said worst 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 in an in in a journalism yeah the, the hyperbolic um notion of language worst, lately the worst, turn worst you guys well, it's funny because uh, number one, from my own private study that I've done, uh, <laughs> this is not true because conservative dudes get fucked by liberal feminist chicks all the time because liberal so dudes are terrible at fucking because uh, they have female energy. <laughs> It's true. I've I've talked to so many times, and like I've had private conversations with conservative dudes, and I'm yeah. like, and they're like, yeah, they're like, and I'm like, why don't, why aren't you dating or fucking like a conservative chick? And they're like, oh, because like we get hit on all the time by like liberals and feminists. It's wow. like it's like bad. It's like I'm a bad girl. Well, what or what if the girl's like, I'm gonna save you from yourself. 
yeah but it's like they're they're you're an adult person you can figure it out you know what i mean and i do have to say like when, when i was on hinge the people who had liberal listed i was like nah i wouldn't even let yeah i, I didn't list mine i don't even know if i am considered a liberal i don't know i gotta take a test i just didn't list it because i was like that's a democrat. not i don't that's not what i'm leading with i'm leading with yeah. personality and then we go from there and we'll talk about well, it the, the the whole thing of like I, I hear the term identity politics a lot but mm. I, I really think that part of the reason why there's a huge divide is because people are are replacing who they are what how they think what kind of human being they are with what they believe politically right and it doesn't really have to come down to that no like, but that's great be for white people because white people are usually so mixed in ethnicity and they're like i don't have anything i like i can't say like i'm caribbean so i guess i'll say i'm a liberal oh. <laughs> i truly believe that because like everyone wants to belong or have something to a group yeah. yeah and no one wants to be like i'm a whitey yeah that's not a well, group that or, i mean like or also like we've discussed before like being like white is not like an ethnicity in the same way like that I, like saying like i am italian you know right like, right you, right. there's no you can't be like oh what's caucasian cuisine you know <laughs> It, chips Pop-tarts? and crackers <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. Saltines with the The Kraft American cheese Crudite I would say maybe I'm not sure But I I wouldn't date See but I'm I was thinking Reading those quotes Like Somebody who didn't vote My morals and my values I, I If I found out I wouldn't fish for that On the first date But right. if I found out They don't vote I I don't know man I've driven Three hours yeah. To vote To vote in a general Like I can't Ah, it usually I think does you're a pile of shit if you don't vote. Too, but then a lot of times those people who didn't vote are like the weirdest people. So like the reason they didn't vote is because like they think there's like a huge government conspiracy, not because they're lazy. And like that I'm into. Yeah. Well, I think didn't vote or voted for like Jill Stein is just like, wow. Did any men vote for her? I don't know. I hope not. Somebody had to have. None I'd want to fuck. Um, yeah. But then, I don't know. I like I, I, I couldn't stand that person. I wouldn't might fuck them because I'm, if I'm looking for something cash. Right. But uh, dating, yeah, you got to be in line somewhere. Hey, guys, come see us live. <laughs> Please see us live. We're going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana, Thursday, April 18th through Saturday, the 20th at Helium Comedy Club. Boston, Massachusetts. If that's not sold out yet, we're... there's a hundred tickets. I counted. Oh, there's only hundred tickets left. Yeah, you I think there all. was like yeah. Well, because I you, I counted the number that's left in the row, and then I counted. Oh, the you rows. multiplied it. Well, yeah, I counted the rows, and then there was like a couple of uh, stragglers. But oh, yeah, nice. We gotta sell that out, guys. I mean, I mean, we're gonna, but you know, sooner rather yeah. than later. Friday, May third, the Wilbur Theater for the Women in Comedy Festival, Boston, and then Denver, Colorado. We'll be in you May sixteenth through the eighteenth at Comedy Works. If you go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours, you will see all the ticket links. Yes. And uh, if you have uh, any questions, you can also uh, email us at sorryaboutlastnightshow at gmail.com. More comments and questions. Were, I mean, like someone just asked us if they had a eat, if eating dinner during a comedy show uh, was rude. Uh, we'll just answer that on air. No, it's not. <laughs> That's just part of the experience. And when they say dinner, they mean nachos. nachos. So... You so know. don't plan on having sex later, but if you do, yeah. bring a tarp. You're going to be fine. And then on Wednesday, April 24th, if you're in Belmore, uh, New York, I'm headlining uh, the brokerage, which is in association with governors. Uh, Maddie Smith is opening for me. She is fucking fantastic. And also thank you to everyone who came out in Columbus and Cincinnati. You guys were so fantastic. I got so much work done. And uh, my opener, if you were wondering, was Wendy Steiner. Uh, and follow her online because she just knocked it out of the fucking park and the reason i booked I, I don't this is personal but the reason i like booked her was because she she went above and beyond like wrote me this really nice email kind of 
I don't want to say asking her me to take her under my wing, but just it was it was the kind of email that I that a young Corinne would have written, and I really uh, <laughs> resonated, appreciated. It, yeah, it. I was I just like it's just like it's I think it just reminded it's like putting that little extra bit in. Like if you get a job interview, write a thank you note. Like people just yeah. don't do that extra thing, and, and whether that's it's the most impressionable. Yeah, one. and whether it's in a career or a relationship, that one step further is what is going to separate you. And I love it, and I love that a woman did it. And it's usually women who do do that extra step. Yeah. So good. That's why she said. Um, if you're in New York City, Saturday, April 27th, Wendy Starling and I are co-hosting our monthly show Glamour Puss at Zinc Bar, 82 West Third Street, 7:30 p.m. It will sell out. Get you tickets. Go to my social media. Yay. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, but we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. Luminary. Oh, yeah. We're going to be on there. You've heard about it. We've talked about it a lot. So every day we're just going to or every week we're just going to give some extra logistics because there's been some confusion, some uh, some questions about it. Uh, so first of all, you can listen to every podcast that you already listened to on the Luminary app. So that's all we're asking is to make an app change. And this is is an app that's going to we guarantee you're going to be better than the app that you're currently using. That's part of what Luminary is doing. We've seen the prototype of the app on people's phones, used it uh, and, and gone through it. And that's part of the reason that we wanted to be a part of this. And now here are some dates for you. April 15th, the Luminary app will be available for iPhones and Androids for free. All you got to do is download. Then April 29th, uh, the Luminary subscription 
starts. Uh, then May 24th, newest episodes of Guys We Fucked will be available for Luminary subscribers. And if you live in the U.S., you're going to go to luminary.link uh, slash GWF. And not only do you get your first month free, but you knock $1 off your monthly rate for the rest of the year. So that's $6.99 a month. And you can refer friends and save more if you get eight friends to join and the rest of your uh, first year is totally free then. Uh, this this particular uh, rate is only for U.S residents but the app is going to be available in the uk australia and canada as soon as the app launches we, you just can't sign up in those countries ahead of time but as soon as that app launches uk australia canada you're in and then we're adding more countries uh to the last and by we i mean luminary, luminary not us um and if yours isn't on there uh, and you want it on there we want you on there just comment on luminary social media tweet at them let them know they're at here luminary um and because we cannot tell you enough like how open they are to not only our suggestions but your suggestions they're a new company they're a young company and they want to make the podcasting experience really great for everybody better than it is yes uh, they want to elevate it absolutely and we've taken some <clears throat> some of your suggestions to luminary and they've been very responsive so we're very excited yeah and additionally if there's a, you know if you have a problem if you can't afford that if there's something just shoot them an email they're on on their website shoot them an email pitch them something uh people brought up scholarships uh student programs like all that just shoot them an email i'm i cannot tell you this is this is where we always say you know speak out ask for something that you need or want or would like to see Go in to the, the world source. truly 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 they are so so open to that and uh they know that uh, our listeners uh are really important not only to us guys we fucked the show but also to luminary as a company so they are listening and uh that's what you know wink wink <laughs> so tell them love you do you want to read this or oh my oh oh i can't no i can read it i didn't yeah. i didn't want to just talk. it's long and i'm not great at reading out loud oh. we all know <laughs> all right this one is uh, autism and sex uh it is april we wanted to talk about autism because it's the month to do so more than usual you should always, you know, you shouldn't just save it, though, because you probably should, you know, dance around at other times. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, I'm a longtime listener and huge fan of the podcast. A year or so ago, you had spoken about sexuality and individuals on the autism spectrum and asked anyone with any information to write in a little late. But here it goes. I have been working as a behavioral therapist with children on the spectrum for the past year in Toronto, Ontario. At my center, we have children from ages three to 18. Some of my clients come to our center as a full replacement for school. Some go to school half half days and some not at all. Recently, there has been much discussion about sex ed for our clients, especially since many of our girls are entering puberty. As this sort of education is not always readily available for them, especially for those who do not attend mainstream school, it is imperative that we, their therapists and primary educators, provide them with the information. However, this is not a generally agreed upon opinion. Since autism has the ability to center emotional maturity, the argument is that they are not emotionally mature enough to handle information around sex and puberty this in my opinion is a cop-out in order to avoid the awkward conversation of sex and puberty with children that are not our own yes it is true that these children may not have the emotional maturity to match their chronological age but their bodies will still go through that yes the change of puberty whether they are ready or not therefore they should be provided with a proper education about their own bodies for a perfect example a client of mine recently turned 14 she has also developed her first crush on a five-year-old to neurotypical onlo 
onlookers, this may seem wildly inappropriate. She, however, does not see the age difference or why it would be inappropriate. I have spent the last six months advocating for some sort of education for this girl to teach her what healthy and appropriate relationships look like, not necessarily to discourage this crush, but more so to teach her about relationships in general. I have also advocated for education around consent for these kids, especially since their emotional maturity may not match their chronological age. They may become a target for predators mm. if not given the proper tools to combat such events. Holy shit. There's a case uh, by me in uh, New Jersey when I was a kid about just something horrific where uh, someone who was not uh, like whose body was different, uh, a different age than their mind was like raped by these uh, students. Like and oh then you hear God. stories like that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because they can't say they can't say no, because but their bodies are still developed in a way where they look like a woman. This is oh. so, so crucial. Um, at my place of employment, I seem to be the only person that thinks this is important information for the kids. Jesus, good, good thing you're there. Yeah, We have apparently decided as a team to ignore this girl's seemingly inappropriate crush and instead pretend that it is not happening, oh. which in my opinion is doing her a massive disservice. You're oh, right. It never works. The topic of sex education amongst children with exceptionalities is often the same conversation amongst people in the field. It is not viewed as necessary or important and many people would rather avoid it altogether. While I know this is not true everywhere, I just wanted to share my personal experience with the topic. If our goal is to have these kids be independent members of society, that includes being able to navigate their own relationships in a healthy and productive way. If any of the listeners has any ideas on what I should do or resources I can reach out to, that would be very appreciated as I don't know what else to do for these kids. Thank you so much for listening to my rant. I also wanted to share with you an amazing organization called the Global Autism Project, which is based out of Brooklyn. This organization travels to underdeveloped countries in order to teach teachers the best way to help their kids on the spectrum. I have been selected out of hundreds of applicants to travel to Bangalore, India this coming October. This is a huge opportunity for me and my career. I urge listeners interested in autism spectrum disorder, ASD, to look into this organization. Love you guys. Kayla damn girl thank you so much for thanks for doing what you're doing good looking out um, it's unfortunate to hear well as usual you know it's comforting in a way that uh, sexuality is also ignored even if you're autistic because it's certainly ignored if you're not autistic uh, just ignored all yeah. around really so and everyone's being treated equally and it's bad um, and uh, it, it, I think it's perhaps even more crucial for people on the spectrum to be educated in sexuality um especially you know it's with their bodies are aging quicker than their mind that's like your make that's your target yeah absolutely and 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 the 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 inappropriate crush thing a 14 year old autistic girl having a crush on a Mm five-year-old if you don't fucking talk to her about that you're set you're not giving this child the tools that they need to go to to live in the world and in an, an appropriate way to not make other people feel uncomfortable to not act on these things like you god that's so terrible that they're not talking to her about that because that conversation will really help her yeah and it actually remember reminds me of one of my most traumatic childhood incidents and i know everyone's gonna make fun of me because it's not really traumatic at all in retrospect well, it's but whatever for you um I wouldn't even classify it, but it's like, I do think about it all the time and it made me feel wildly uncomfortable, but mm. basically I'm from Jersey. So we usually always hang out at the mall like Friday nights. Basically that's where we were, my Fuck brother yeah. and I, and there used to be, I think it went out of business, but there was a, the Warner, Warner brothers store. And I love the Warner brothers store. Cause they had this little thing where you, um, 
press on a color paint and then you would touch the screen and it would fill in. So it was like electronic coloring and it was cool. fucking awesome. And my brother, how old was my, maybe my brother was like six and I was like 11, something like that around that age. Cause my brother was like old enough to be walking around by himself. And I was old enough that my mom had let us hang out in that store while she went to another store. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of like, yeah. you know, like pieces of freedom kind of thing. Um, and so we were painting and this, you know, guy who definitely was on the spectrum looking back and but like just a huge looked like an adult man uh you know like yeah. like and I'm 11 yeah so but he looked like he was like 40 uh-huh <laughs> but mentally I'm sure he was also like 11 um and he came up to me like really inappropriately close but again you know in retrospect fine uh and was just like you're really pretty you're really sexy and it was the <gasps> Holy word shit the word sexy when you're 11 number one i had never been called sexy it has the word sex in it so i like remember like it sets off your vagina alarm like danger um Uh. and it just like made me feel so uncomfortable and also like unfortunately set a bad tone like made me scared of of people with like mental disabilities yeah for a really long time like i remember in high school all my friends were like volunteering at this camp and i was like i can't i'm truly scared yeah yeah because of this experience and like did you tell your mom about it no i didn't because i don't know i just didn't like i knew to get away from it and he didn't touch me and nothing happened it was more just like ugh. but like, looking back you can i like, just oh, okay. and there was nothing like there's nothing that she could have said or done or nothing that needed to be done when did you under when did you understand that he he was off like he was mentally i mean at the time i even realized that he was i'm mean, like off that's, that's why i was allowed yeah. to be like roaming around because i just like knew what was up yeah but that doesn't that doesn't change i think it was it's jarring fact, i knew that there was something um that he was not like on the same like level mentally as someone who like other people who looked like him right but i didn't realize like you know fully what autism was you know because sometimes you group it into other things yeah like you know you just group it into other kind of like mental disabilities and then additionally uh it was kind of the mix of two things i didn't understand yet so so sexy being sexy Mm. and then mental disability yeah and so when you're and also that's just too much but also that age difference 40 ish and 11 and then also just like if a boy my age said that to me at 11 i'd be like and then just also the sheer you know and this is what we talk about with men and women a lot just the sheer size of him he was just so much bigger he was a huge and like i'm coming from a household where my dad is six foot six so i'm not scared of like tall guys right but he was like six foot three and like 300 pounds my dad's like 190 yeah yeah so uh yeah it's Shit. just all those things combined and like i don't know there's just you know i feel like we all have these like isolated little moments from childhood that we remember and that for some reason float in our timeline and like that's yeah. on my life timeline yeah yeah and i don't know why i wonder what there has to be some psychological reason why these moments i have very specific mm-hmm. i remember what i wore what the smell was what was it? the only one that i have that, that, that yours triggered mine not triggered whatever i'm probably not using that word right but when <laughs> i was when i was eight that we, I was playing all these kids in the neighborhood had all these, you know, we, we, there was like a big group of us and, uh, we got like rough and made tunnels under this, my friend Katie's mom's garden and crawled through them. And we had like, cause our, all of our dads were in the army or the Navy or the, the military. Service. And, um, I remember this guy, his name's Sonny. I mean, he was a kid. I don't think he meant to do this, but I remember we were like playing a power Rangers game or something. And he, or we were tagging each other, chasing each other. But I remember a lot, I was I think I got pushed down. I got pushed down on the ground and I was lying on my stomach and he was on my, he was like sitting on me Mm. and I couldn't get up. And that Mm. was the first time I ever recall 
being forced, like physically forced in anything. And I mean, I mean, it wasn't like in the context of what we were playing, that wasn't like completely insane. But I remember that was the first time. Oh, whew, I'm getting panicked think, thinking about it. Uh, that I felt like I was trapped in a in a in a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then I, I just like felt a, so bad. Oh, I'm like, like looking at after my brother, and I just remember being. Oh yeah, because like, you were responsible. I for remember him, being kinda. like, Chris, we gotta go. And he's like in the middle of painting, and, and you know, brothers always like, why? I'm like, you gotta go. But I'm like, really, wow. I have a really good like. He knows when I mean business, and he yeah, would just follow yeah. me. Like Fuck. he was difficult, but not that difficult. And I was like, we gotta go. <laughs> I mean the. Bad, Did the guy the guy didn't follow you or anything? No, no, you know yeah. he didn't follow me. I mean, I had no, I could outrun that guy anyway. Um, but yeah, when when you're a child and you experience something for the first time and it's jarring, it's. Ooh, ooh. And then I, I think I also like didn't want to make a scene because I I realized that he was everything wasn't all there and I didn't want to like get oh, him nice. in trouble. But it's also like I'm like I need to get out of here because I don't exactly know how Damn. to handle this and I got to get out of here. Your instincts are and, like, sharp. The saddest part was that I, it ruined the painting for me and I really looked forward <laughs> to that every week. So. That was a real bummer. Did you ever go back? I honestly, I, I think it like ruined it for like, I mean, oh. I can't, if I, I mean, I think the store went out of business probably because of that incident. Um, <laughs> but. Corinne, you bought so much shit at the Warner Brothers store. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so in lieu of ads, we are, we at Guys We Fucked, Corinne and I, we're highlighting women in business. We're doing uh, free ads for um, women-owned companies of listeners. Uh, and if you have a company and you are a lady, um, email us about it and email us uh, any what you would want us to say. If there's a promo code you want to include, email that. Um, so this week I chose a company called Stix, S-T-I-X. So I'm just going to read uh, the note from Cynthia. Um, I heard your recent ep- on a recent episode you're offering free ads to female businesses. I am the co-founder of Stix, the discreet and accessible pregnancy test made for all women, not just those trying to get pregnant. We launched just five weeks ago and are so excited about the possible opportunity. So more about Stix, which again is S-T-I-X. We are on a mission to make pregnancy tests accessible and empowering. Jamie and I uh, founded Stix after I ran into my boyfriend's mom in the drugstore with a pregnancy test in hand. We were fed up with the dated brands with baby faces in their ad. Dude, I have a fucking bit about pregnancy yeah. test commercials and let me tell you something i agree overpriced tests and worrying about familiar faces in drugstore aisles so we decided to do something about it we created sticks because buying a high quality pregnancy test should be easy and delightful no matter the result you're looking for Sticks is over 99% effective, gyneco- gynecologist approved, fairly priced, and delivered in a discreet envelope. So that's great because I know we've had a lot of listeners um, emailing us who are between the ages of 11 and 15. And I, I recall two emails uh, and where I was when I read them from women. One girl was 13 and one was 15. And I think they came like three months apart, but they're very similar. And they didn't want to go to the pregnant. They didn't want to go to a drugstore to buy mm-hmm. a pregnancy test because everybody who worked there worked at her high school Ooh, and she didn't want yeah. to be pregnant. And she was very young. People gossip. And um, yeah, I think she ended up, I offered to mail her one, but then she ended up having a friend get it. But I was like, fuck, that's so, you know, and it's not, and just, that's why people steal shit too. Steal shit. Oh like yeah. That too. Yeah. And it's not like, it, and it's not saying like you should be embarrassed when you buy a pregnancy test, but when you're un, when you're 15 or when you're this person who wrote a Cynthia, who's co-founder of this company, like running into your boyfriend's mom or like, it's nice that they're they're creating a birth control or pregnancy test where the result isn't the the main part of the test. Because let me tell you something. I have a couple uh, clear blues uh, <laughs> downstairs and they have baby faces on them. And I'm like, what, what if I don't want that? Can so, you get like a can you get like a subscription service like if you want to get one a month? 
Well, maybe you should wear a condom. But uh, the <laughs> promo code. So Cindy is giving us a promo code for Guys We Fucked listeners. Sign up with code Guys We Fucked. No spaces, all lower caps. Guys We Fucked at getsticks.com. Well, she said .co. How it, make sure. How yeah, is this stick spelled? Just uh, regular? Yes. Yeah, so, no, it's S. It's getsticks.co. So it's G-E-T-S-T-I-X hmm. dot co. And you get 20% off your first order. I knew it. I knew there was going to be an X there. Yeah. Getsticks.co. This is really Sticks. fucking cool. Um, yeah. Pff, get fuck, those I wish sticks. I had that. Get your sticks, bitch. Put a stick in But your like bitch in like an empowering way. Say. Um, all right. And then the business I want to feature is called Hera and Co. Erin uh, Andrews wrote into us and uh, she said she's the type of person who wants to help people and do good for the planet. If you've ever heard about zero waste living, I have, Erin. Uh, it's essentially a lifestyle when you try not to buy plastic or wasteful things in general. This includes garbage and even recycling because 91% of things that go in recycling bins in North America don't actually get recycled due to people contaminating the loads and it just goes into the landfill I kind of figured that uh, that's sad it's to sad. visualize the thought process behind uh, living zero waste if your bathtub is overflowing you don't reach for your mop first uh, you turn off the tap uh, and also oh, things like uh, if you have a little water left in your water bottle like water a plant I've been trying to do that lately. oh yeah I do that uh, so zero waste living is turning off the tap for plastic going into our forests and oceans and instead switching to reusables the plastic problem is real if your garbage isn't already tiny it breaks down to little pieces and animals think it's food and that's why I chose this because the animals when they eat it it never leaves their stomach and over time there's so much plastic in it that there isn't any room left for real food mm-hmm. and they die of starvation oh my god a whale just Wa- washed up and like there was so much plastic in its uh, stomach and that's the whales are you know pretty big uh then animals go extinct food chains collapse then the oceans die then humans die erin <laughs> you're my kind of gal yay anyway if you've <laughs> ever tried switching to reusables you've probably noticed it's really expensive and that they're made of plastic yes i have uh, although that's better the plastic still ends up in landfills and the cycle continues even though it's delayed so my business is making zero waste reusables more accessible in terms of the price and who we deliver to additionally we try to be a hub for educational resources through our blog instagram community and website as you can imagine it's really difficult uh trying to live zero waste so our goal is to make it ridiculously easy for people to make the lifestyle switch um i went to the website super cute it's hera and co.ca because this is a company based in toronto ontario canada um it's h-e-r-a-a-n-d-c-o dot c-a okay hera and co super nice there all the information's here uh i wanted to pick this because i know environment is something that we probably out of all the causes to care about it's one that we kind of talk about the least um you know i guess because everyone listening will be dead by the time the world eats itself but yeah you know we should still pay attention to it and i and i have tried to be more cognizant of it lately like i even like a small step i switched um the throwaway cotton pads that would you would use for like a micellar water uh to I found pretty cheaply on Etsy uh, washable ones it comes with a little pouch they're great honestly I like them better and because like little pieces of cotton don't get on your face and I was like okay that's one small step oh and I also um, Alfred's uh, wee wee pad trained so like if mama has a long night he doesn't have to hold it in because you know I don't want my dog having a UTI and I think about that so I got him uh, washable wee wee pads now we only have five that's it they're washed I'm not throwing away a lot of stuff because I just saw when I started living alone that my 
I was filling up garbage as a singular person more than I thought I should be. Me too. And so I was like, how can I take a few steps? Because like, you don't have to make your life crazy. You don't have to be like one of those people who's like, I have been using this mason jar as a garbage <laughs> since October. It's a, it's a bathroom. It's 2017. A and I didn't even fill it yet. Like, you don't have to be that. Like, just a couple fucking things you can do. That's it. And that doesn't mean throw away the, the stuff that you have that's throw away right now because that's worse. Finish it off. And then when you, instead of buying uh, stuff the next time that's throw away, you go, oh, is there something I could replace in my home reusable? One step at a time, kids. There you go. Don't get overwhelmed. It's, it's not as hard as you think. Everything's going to be fine, fine, fine. We're going to be A-OK. All right. Are we? Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, yeah. Look at all these fucking badass bitches doing businesses to make yes. the world better. That's yes. pretty fucking cool. You can keep submitting. All you need to do is be a female, a listener, and you need to have a business. Yeah. Wow. Good for you guys. Um, Personal shit. What that I can talk about or want to know? You know, life is just gnarly. I will say, uh, last week I mentioned that I got a video from a guy and he was jerking off, mm. and it was a really fun video to watch. And then all these guys started DMing me pictures of their penis, but I was like, cool with it. I think I said like, if you want to DM, like, I don't care. Like I, I, I opened the floodgates, right? And boy, did it flood. And man, dicks are so, I feel very powerful um, because I'm not being like an asshole to these guys. And I feel like it's, I feel like men, I think, I don't know, maybe, and men, correct me if I'm wrong. I know you'd want to, uh, <laughs> but I think that it's, it is a little vulnerable for a man oh, sure. to send a picture of his penis. Yeah. And some of these pictures slash videos, the face was in there. Now, look, I'm not going to fucking put it out on social media like that's cruel and crude like that's disgusting i would never do that um so i appreciate that there's the trust there from a stranger i do appreciate that but i also appreciate the fact that you know they're sending it to me i think that's vulnerable and i think that it's it's nice it's this weird thing that i'm experiencing i feel like i'm like putting on this these this these shoes of like a woman who just gets bombarded by dick pics and it's not bad i don't hate it but it's also part of the reason why i don't hate it is because i was the one who said hey if you'd like to do this you can Mm. and the fact that it's coming based off of something that i directed and i conducted and i said hey i give you permission to that makes me enjoy it even more which is why whenever we've talked about consent it's like you you don't have to be like may i kiss you but just having that respect of not sending it but then if i say hey you know if you want to send me a dick pic you can and then sending it that's that's consent you kind of had my consent to, you did you had my consent to do it and then this one guy sent me a picture and then he goes may you know if you would want to see it i have a video that i could send you that oh. I, would, I would like to send it to you but he's something he didn't work he wasn't this wordy but he was basically like i'd like to send it to you let me know if you'd want to see it miss do you want some more yeah and i was like yo you know what that's mad sexy that you asked <laughs> We're never going to fuck. I mean, who, who knows? But I we're like, not. Maybe. Oh. I mean, I'm not. That's not why I'm doing it. But um, why I'm asking me guys for dick pics. But uh, it's an audition. Surprise. Well, I mean, hey, let me tell you something. These dicks are aces. Well, that wow. was my question. I'm like, is anyone wow. sending a dick that is not like that you said? Like shouldn't, that shouldn't be featured, you know? Right, 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 right. And I understand. I understand the, the nature of the question you're asking. Um, zero, zero. But let me tell you something like that. Well, that, that there's guys jerking off with stuff up their butt. There's videos of that. Mm, okay. Yeah. This, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I liked it. I mm-hmm. was, but I wasn't, 
half of these i wasn't like i'm not aroused but it is it's arousing not in my vagina but in my brain yeah i was like you're you're more interested in sexuality than i would yeah. say yeah like you this Whew, is like look at that guy's dick yes yeah, great this is yeah this is yeah mm-hmm. and then this uh well, so look, this is like a a curated exhibit at a museum it, yeah and it's and look at that one that is the longest dick Okay, see, yeah, that's, I'm gonna actually huge. request not to see these. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, see, and you can you can do that. <laughs> I was, nah. Well, I was just giving you an idea. Yeah, but no, yeah. it's they were they were varied. Yeah, yeah, varied. And I thought that was kind of cool. I and I I don't know. There's something about it that is intellectually stimulating and intellectually arousing to just be the receiver of all these dick pics. I mean, you don't you don't have to send. I can you know you guys can stop sending them. I'm good. But uh, <laughs> but I thought that that was it made. It was interesting. That's now all guys are going to try to one up it though, because you know how they are. You're like the, you. You're like the little uh, girl with crutches in the last menagerie, but only you have a dick <laughs> menagerie. That's so nice. That's funny. Uh, you know what? I actually could see you. Oh, that's a great gift idea, but I just ruined it. Well, I'll forget it in five seconds. I forget everything else. So that would be don't awesome. Worry about um, dicks are great. Yeah, and I did make a video of me. Oh, you finally nailed it. Going up and down on a dildo. <laughs> you nailed Man. it. No pun intended. I. It was fun making mm-hmm. a hot video. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really fun. It's really fun. I was I wasn't bad at it. I Did you surprised. send it out though? I sent one of them, not me riding the dildo, but I sent a video to this person of me. This is a new, it's a new person in the circle of mm-hmm. me like putting it up against my clit because I was like a oh, goddamn Christina. But it took me so long to film it because I was like, you know what? I can get a better angle. It could be better. Mm-hmm. It could, and, I, and then three hours later, I'm like, oops. I just spent a long time trying to ride this dildo hook to my stool, but I like cover myself in baby oil. Usually, it's like one of the fir- like w- one of the first couple takes, and it then always you keep- is. And then you keep trying to do it, and then after like th- an hour and a half, you're like, I- I'm just gonna yeah. take take number two. And you gotta have good background music that's um. not cheesy, but not funny, but kind of sexy. Oh, that which reminds me, oh, you couldn't loop it in later. I guess that's too that's too no, high of a production value. I made sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you want to get the sounds? Yeah. But I made sounds that were like you know, not obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> That's what I did um, That was kind of fun I sent it to the person And they had fallen asleep Cause I waited I took so long to take to tape it Well you said it was coming And then Yeah and then I Oh yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you can't give yourself Time constraints like I didn't, that I didn't give him a heads up That I was making it that night But oh. I just sent it And then And then he felt He had fallen asleep I, Cause I was talking to him A little bit right before I sent it And then 30 minutes later I sent it Cause I had edited it there's a lot of work involved. Oh, you edited um, it. Wow. Well, I just cut it down. I didn't want to send the whole thing. Okay. And put a filter on it, you know? Yeah, on, wow. You know. Okay. Um, but yeah, but that reminds me, I have spoken about the various types of sex playlists on Spotify. I've made the first one public. It's called Christina's Dirty Sex Playlist. <laughs> um, if you're interested, um, just Christina Hutch is my Spotify username. But yeah, it's pretty good. And then people are giving me suggestions of songs to add and they're fucking great suggestions. So, and you can keep doing that. I'll make the other ones public. I'll put it on my, my social media. Yeah, see, I wish fucking Spotify wasn't like, like I feel like I always put it on private and then I go back and then I'm private. And I'm yeah. like, guys, this is not. Yeah, because I don't want people not knowing. not for everyone. I have playlists for things that I do not want people knowing. Well, well, I mean, now just we, like projects. And now stuff. that we've put this, I made out. it private. Oh no, I know, but it keeps undoing. I just don't want people. I'm like, I just don't want everyone know what I'm always listening to. It's yeah, not, it's, it's literally it's just Demi Lovato. But like, but like you want to keep it for Can yourself. Can I have something for me? Yeah, How, maybe sometimes I want to listen to Wrecking Ball twenty times in a row. Yeah. Hi, Kristen. That was my my old roommate. She, <laughs> she one day she's like, "Did you just listen to Wrecking Ball twenty times in a row?" And I said, "Oh, I did. Yeah, it's a good song." I was like, "I can't believe you you heard that." And she's like, "Well, I mean, we live in an eight hundred square foot uh, place." And I was like, "You know what? That was Touché. really that was really smart of you to notice." <laughs> 
Um, okay. So what I wanted to talk about today, and, you know, I'm not going to pretend it's not based on personal experience, but I think it's, you know, a, a good lesson anyway. Um is uh all right so this is a, a common theme in my life and my relationships i would say i've had like currently like on my sixth serious relationship of my life and you know i'm 33 that's not that many uh usually when i have a boyfriend i like spend a good amount of time with them and i don't let just anyone be my boyfriend so the boyfriends i've had i really do like and even mm-hmm. if i don't like them anymore i like them at the time and i don't like regret dating them um and uh so a common theme that I have uh, that we've talked about before is that I will put a lot of work like work into a relationship or really help uh, someone kind of become their best self or like achieve something. And uh, it gets you nowhere. And I just want to remind people of that. Um, and, and not in a bitter way. This is I don't see it's it's hard to have this conversation without coming off as bitter because it's just, you know, lessons learned the hard way. Uh, but I truly, truly believe unless you are embarking on a business where you guys are going to be 50 50 and it's not just a, it's not I'm not talking about just like 50 50 doing the work like 50 50 going to get credit for the work. Right. Because um, so many times a guy will have an idea, a concept kind of be like the the artist in something. And then the woman, the wife, the girlfriend will be and this is heterosexual I'm talking about will be the producer uh, aka doing all the fucking work um, and making it happen and on top of making it happen making the calls sending the emails will also be the cheerleader for both of them um, you know will rub the shoulders when you know you get frustrated will say hey I made you a nice dinner when uh, you know, there was a day when funding fell through that kind of thing and I I uh, I've been getting so much better at really only working on my own stuff. And there was never a time when I pushed aside my own projects for a dude's. But what I will notoriously do is take on too much and then try to, in unison, keep navigating my own career and then try and manage slash produce therapist life coach someone else's career and it's not like I'm butting in like these people are accepting with open arms and I do like doing these things uh you know I worked in management for very years it's very in my nature uh I like it if I feel like I have a knack for um taking a concept and cleaning it up and seeing like how you can execute it and I do find joy in that but then what happens is people end up like leaning on you or expecting that from you or worse yet just not like you put a lot of work into something and then they don't even follow through with it for whatever reason Mm -hmm. they get self-conscious they get distracted they're afraid of success afraid of failure all these things are reasons but you know I'm not here to psychoanalyze people and you know definitely gonna stop doing that um and so I've been really good about that. And in the, co- the current relationship I'm in, I God, I, it's been so hard not to offer help or money or anything, but a, a hug and a kind word. But I have been so fucking good. And that is all I have offered. And it's uh, even though it's it's hard for I hate like watching people struggle when I know I can so easily so like no skin off my back um help them but the problem is it's not you know the $200 it's not the one hour it's the it's setting the precedent uh 
for the relationship. Yeah. And so it's been really hard, but I've done it. I've my willpower is strong and I have not I haven't helped my boyfriend at all. <laughs> That's huge for you though. Um and I, I know how hard so that is. So hard. Like sometimes it's not, like I can't even look at this text message right now. Um and so yeah, I was uh uh, I was going through that with my my therapist today. Hi, mom. I, my mom makes fun of me for talking about it too much. So now I'm going to say hi, mom, every time I do it. Um, and I was like, it's not. It's twice a month. It's not that much. It's just like the things that she says are relevant to this podcast. Um, and so I was, I was kind of talking that over with her today, and just kind of telling her the same thing. Like I was going through all the relationships in my life, and four out of the six um, people, like basically, couldn't didn't want to be around my shine anymore and i know this sounds conceited and i know everybody are everyone already thinks i'm conceited and like whatever well, i well i, I know don't, corinne, i don't care corinne isn't and if you think she's conceited then i just i just don't care anymore like i'm yeah. not i'm done apologizing for loving myself like get your shit together yeah <laughs> like sorry well, anybody threatened by your self-esteem has zero self-esteem i, I just can't I, yeah i cannot i'm you know if whatever you're feeling that's on you that's not on me so uh and, and like yeah they, i'm just i'm like oh yeah they like all these people i made a list like they couldn't handle my shine and that's why they left because i was like how weird is it i mean i'm i think i'm great but like the fact that no none of my exes have gone on to date someone who are i mean this is fucked up but like on paper is like not better looking not more successful not smarter like yeah. none of these things well, not even one of them and in life you would hope that not as you carry yeah. on your relationships will get better and better exactly right? that is a, that is an indicator of you growing and becoming a better person for sure and i, and looked I at haven't mine. So let me tell you you haven't well because i was no, like my relationships keep getting worse and fucking worse because it, in some ways, I mean, mine get uh, sometimes mine mine plateau for certain. Like I think that would be I, I see it sometimes a plateau. Yeah, I don't I don't see them getting worse. There That's have been good. points of plateau though, um, and plateau makes me nervous. But I always you know I try to be really like conscious of it. Um, well, and your self awareness I think is going to add huge. It's going to be huge for you. It's like because well, you were always self aware, but like. I don't know just having that in your head is going to be so it's going to make it so much easier for you to like understand and do something like not help yeah PM. well because sometimes i just need i just needed like a set of instruct you know and instructions or like or for someone else to be like no it's okay not to offer or sometimes I'll, I'll, like helping can actually hurt and i think that's something to remember as women that helping can sometimes hurt and oh yeah well i turn to you whenever i don't know i ask you where because you're the only person who gives me advice from not a biased point you know what i mean like well and you're always very clear on that you can you can identify instances in which the helping is not it's too much or it's it's actually rude that the person accepted that or whatever uh, it is you're very good at spotting that oh yeah i've given you advice that i didn't want to give because it made it worse for me but then i was like oh this is the right answer oh really <laughs> yeah i'll tell you off air okay um and yeah and so basically it was just like and the, the similarity in a lot of these like both with frank in retrospect i think he really like did let me go in part uh, as he says for a good reason because um he knew that he needed a lot of support and I he knew that I would be wasted as a human supporting him uh, and he said he said something along those lines to me right. at the time and I was angry and I was hurt and I was like what a load of bullshit but all these years later and seeing who he ends up with and not that she is less of a person in any way just a d much different kind of person yeah, than yeah. me um has a different kind of purpose on the planet uh and it is not less than mine it's just different and uh 
I was like, ah, I see what you mean now. Like he saw, he's like, you're, you know, Corinne's not meant to stay at home as a mother. And there right. are women who are, and that is so important, but that's not who Just I was not in your DNA. Do. I am not meant to, I mean, not, I am not a shoulder to cry on. I am someone who, if you say, I have this idea for a show and I don't, I'm just not, I want to, I'm ready to work, but I don't know how to make it happen. Like, that's the kind of person I need to be with. Um, and I like doing those things. Yeah. Um, and then I went through, oh gosh. And then, yeah, gosh, I was thinking of, of, of other people. Like, you know, my first boyfriend, Tim, he kind of just the same thing. He wanted to like treat me like a princess and basically like keep me in a castle because he was, he's very wealthy. And I mean, to a lot of people, that sounds like a dream. And I was like, I just want to work at the container store for $12 an hour and, and, and go and do these comedy shows for like $2, like, you yeah, know, $2 th- if that, yeah. And like a beer, like, and he just, he really couldn't understand like, that. Why don't you want to be in this like fancy apartment with me and not have to work? Yeah. And this, and then, then there was a, the stockbroker who I uh, dated, who I, also from Ohio. I love an Ohio boy, but oddly <laughs> similar. And uh, yeah, he ended up just dating this person who like actually his like old roommate who was just like the whole time we were dating, just throwing herself at him and just adoring him. And like, also an alcoholic <laughs> I mean there's a lot of things Hopefully they worked that out I don't talk to him anymore um, And then similarly with with James So uh, I don't want to give it But he, he's been working on something For a really long time And uh, it's a great idea And I'm so proud of him And I hadn't talked to him in a while Because um, we had a bad last experience And I did tell that to him And I 100% meant it um, But it was very clear to me That after a year of trying to make it happen the reason it finally happened was because a woman stepped in and uh you know the saying behind every successful man is a great woman it just still rings so true and I'm happy for him and I'm not mad at him because it's like honestly if anything I'm a little jealous because men do have this constant stream of women ready to help and I I think I've said before on the podcast man I'd love a wife and like god damn I would love a woman to swoop in and Offer to help me Who I wasn't paying You know right, yeah. And offer to help me You can have like A connection with her And then she yeah. just like Supports you Like I'd fucking love a wow. wife too Like that sounds So great And so I do not fault Him for accepting it I think it's something That you have to be Conscious of And, and go wow Like what? what is Why is Am I not Because he's so I mean, He's so fully capable Yeah uh, Of doing these things And um, And, and yeah So I, and I see and I, You know And I see So it's like if This big announcement you know he's at the the front of it and that's great but then like the, you know a tiny thank you in the bottom line and like in my head I knew about this project for you I offered to help obviously I didn't have the time because yeah. I have this to offer the same amount of help um and so now, now someone finally comes through who's younger earlier in her career does have that time to help yeah and also is like just more in, into into helping and I think wants is working to be liked a little bit more than I just yeah. ever would yeah um and that's fine that's just her personality uh and uh and then, and then I just see this little line at the bottom and oh, I got oh, crediting that person yes oh. and <laughs> oh wow it just Ugh, I feel I liked that he wrote the thank you because I was like I was like there he could have not written it at all and I and it just it just made me angry and it made me sad and it made me frustrated. And I don't know this girl personally. I only know of her. You know, I've been in the same room, never had a conversation with her. And I was hesitant to even talk about this, but I think there is such a larger lesson here. And it's this is nothing like slanderous about either of them. N- nothing against either of them. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I'm really, really tried to be 
kind to the new girl. I'm never going to be like overjoyed, but I, I, I want to be kind. It has nothing to do with the reason we broke up, nothing to do with my life whatsoever. Um, and I like it again, like I'm just holding myself back from like, you know, DMing her and being like, it's cool that you're helping. And I think that's great. And I'm sure you're a wonderful person, but just like, just make sure you are getting something in return. Because I think we've mm. been taught that like, love is so amazing or relationships are so amazing and like they're they are not business but when you interject relationships with business then they certainly become business and uh it's it just makes i i just get so frustrated and then i start thinking of of all the extra like extra hours i would have in my life or in or in my career or devoted to myself or even just devoted to like fucking taking a nap or walking around relaxing rejuvenating yourself yeah uh, instead of like using those that extra time to help men like how much extra time i would have in my life and how much less stressed i would be and how much and it's like and like and i'm like what do i have to show for it and not that you need some kind of like list after you get a a relationship some kind of tally yeah but it's like you know what do i have to show for it i don't have i don't have relationships with these people anymore and that's fine because once you break up you break up i don't i don't i am not a better person i am not a smarter person i am not a more financially fit person from anything I did from these but the things that made me good were the things that I did for myself the time I invested it myself and so it's like I was just like losing my mind I stayed up till five in the morning because I was like so angry and frustrated at this girl and obviously a lot of it is a reflection of like being angry at myself of course yeah um and I was like god damn it like this is and it's, this girl is smart I mean at least she reminds me uh, uh, odd, oddly oh, yeah. and and definitely not by coincidence reminds me very much of me but it's like so obvious it's like oh yeah get a younger Corinne because she's not She'll, gonna yeah. she's not more successful than you so you can still be the star which I, I don't I can't hold that against someone we're in the entertainment business we've seen that we you know we saw it happen to Tom Green and Drew Barrymore like that's my favorite example of it because yeah. I, it was my favorite couple of all time and it devastates me to this day that they broke up <laughs> but it's like um and even though he walked into the relationship not you know and I was already doing guys we fucked and already successful you know and I and I certainly always thought of him as a star, not as a star more than me, but like I saw him as a star as they because a star to me is not are you a star now? A star is do you have it? Are you do you have the potential to be? And like I don't know if my boyfriends know this, but like I only date stars. Like I only date people who I truly believe in. If I don't yeah. believe in you, we cannot date. You know, right? And course. whether or not you reach the goal, or um, you know, or maybe you decide to change careers or change, or you, or you do some exploring and you find out that your particular purpose for life is different. That's something that we can, you know, go through together. But I only date stars. I'm a star, as Fran Jester said, absolutely. <laughs> and a star does not mean entertainment business. A star, you can be a star accountant. You can be a star mom like a star is just like a certain type of person who stands out and like again like I just stand I always have not apologizing it whatever the fuck I loved when Fran Jester said it. I was like yeah fuck it. you are yeah star. yeah well, um, and you're right you have and uh uh and and then I was just kept looking at that thank you and I was like it, it's 2019 like I thank you is not enough it, it's, it was never enough but like now is the time when we have we as women have to hold ourselves accountable and I'm saying women specifically because we're the most guilty of it and like so if you if you don't succeed it's on you it's not on the patriarchy it's on it's on all those hours that you spent on on guys and like Think of, like men are thinking about business while we are thinking about them, and it's so true. Ugh. 
time after time i i thought about this all fucking night and then i taught woke up and i talked to kira kira about it um sucks to hear and uh i was like fuck and then you think if it can happen to me who's been so aware i know of making shit happen since i was a little kid of being in eighteen thousand clubs never having a day of fun in my life fbla going from play practice to twirling practice to, to writing in the gazette having people go corinne what are you doing and i go i don't know just trying to make something stick um and uh I just was like, I was like, and then I was like thinking of of work situations. I was like, I've never seen a guy at work in sweatpants and a scrunchie because some chick dumped him. He either fucking sucked it up and went to work and continued on his journey or he shot up her yoga class. You know, don't do the second one. <laughs> but the first but one. But the point is he did something about it and wasn't moping and didn't feel moping. bad for himself. Exactly. It was active. God damn it. It was active. You're right. Okay. And then so, and then because there's an Alanis Morissette for every relationship problem that ever exists, That's I had to find one because again, I don't read self-help books. I just listen to Alanis CDs. It's got me this Good. far, so I'm not drifting. Um, the one that worked for this one is uh, from the album Under Rug Swept, which after Jag a Little Pill, I think is her, uh, the one I would call her second masterpiece. Um, it is like Jag Little Pill is if like kind of like when you're in your 20s and your life is in shambles and then under rug swept is when you've been burned a lot of times um, I so I'm I'm currently an under rug swept I've been an under rug, under rug swept since college though because like I didn't do a ton of like drugs so Jag Little Pill was more like this is entertainment yeah yeah um, and uh, the song for this is You Owe Me Nothing and she does not mean that as it reads she's sarcastic about it she doesn't sing it sarcastically but it's literally like the lyrics are like you owe me nothing for giving the love that i give you uh, you owe me nothing for giving the what things like i uh i give you thanks for receiving it's my privilege and you owe me nothing in return uh mm. so it's basically just all these things that she has done or will do for men and like you owe me nothing i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be of service and it sounds dramatic when it's all in one song but then you think and you isolate isolate it and you're not you're like i'm a fucking strongest bitch i've done almost all of these things yeah even if it wasn't i'm not guilty of neglecting myself wholly which i think a lot of people are i am but definitely partially you know well yes mm -hmm. because as you said you do somehow manage to get everything done and you always have a lot going on a lot of projects and to, on top of that to be help so helpful to the person you're dating that That's why is I have adult acne though, i'm stressed out you know right maybe i you... wouldn't have adult acne <laughs> You know, and I think that's the problem here. It's like one of other things. Maybe my, may, I don't know, maybe my hairline would be more down. Maybe, maybe well, I'd be five pounds thinner because stress kills you. Yeah, well, it definitely kills you. Um, and you I'm not, were. I'm not setting, I didn't set up a 401k because I, I got a 401k because I go, there's no way I'm making it past 65. Right. And you, and you might be right with the amount, but you are, you nail everything you work on. You do it well. You don't half ass a goddamn well, I thing. I don't have time to lose. And you read every word that people email you and it's really admirable. <laughs> No, it's seriously, it is. I don't mean to sound sarcastic. No, I know it's just funny because I know you. Um, yeah, I don't read. I, I, I yeah. And um, because I like to give like a little like not just you know emotional. I like to go okay. So now we know what the problem is. How can we fix it? Yeah. And I found this yeah, interesting article <laughs> from well. Forbes magazine. Um, and a lady uh wrote this article, Susan Adams from the Forbes staff. Um, and this is back from 2013, but it's still relevant. Uh, she basically took ten things that Sheryl Sandberg gets exactly right and lean in, lean in. So if you don't have time to read lean in because you're busy uh, uh fixing your Helping life. 
yourself. and your husbands and your boyfriends, oh. uh, then these are the two most important things that I got from this article. Um, one is that she argues convincingly that internal obstacles hold women back. Because I was thinking, I was like, why are there all these fucking examples of uh, women who are obviously amazing, but like even like Eleanor Roosevelt, like, you know, it's just like, why is she second? Mm. You know, because like if you read Eleanor Roosevelt, oh, she did a lot. She was the real star there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, so this is the this is the nut and the most controversial part of Sandberg's book and the point that has stirred criticism among other feminists. And I'm sure it did at the time because ugh, well, we'll get into it. She says that women keep themselves from advancing because they don't have the self-confidence and drive that men do. We lower our own expectations of what we can achieve, she writes. Indeed, this is the part of the book that still gives me pause. I believe that personal motivation is an incredibly complex thing molded by our internal will, but also strongly influenced by the parenting we receive. Yes. The, and I know I'm very fortunate and that was just luck. Uh, the peer group that surrounds us as we grow, the educational opportunities we get, the connections we make, as well as the expectations and prejudices of those around us. Sandberg agrees, at least in part. Uh, she cites more than a dozen studies that underline the obstacles women face. One of the most compelling, though 10 years old, still rings true. She calls it the Howard Heidi study. Two professors wrote up a case study about a real-life entrepreneur named Heidi Roizen, describing how she became a successful venture capitalist by relying on her outgoing personality and huge personal and professional network. The professors had a group of students read Roizen's story with her real name attached and another group read the story with the name changed to Howard mm. then the students rated Howard and Heidi on their accomplishments and on how appealing they seemed as colleagues while the students rated them equally in terms of success they thought Howard was likable while Heidi seemed selfish and not the type of person you would want to hire or work for oh, fuck that Sandberg's conclusion when a man is successful he is well liked when a woman does well people like her less and oh, I, that's true I could not confirm that three years ago a hundred percent now i can confirm it yes 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 people that were friends before are now not yeah. sandberg writes about the conundrum this presents for women most of us want to be liked i don't have that problem but if our success means that others don't like us how motivated are we to do well oh shit sandberg admits that she has undermined her own accomplishments oh. and i have even done this because being like you're cocky for fear that others would be turned off and oh. I stopped doing it. Then she ex uh, exhorts women uh, to overcome the Howard uh, Heidi stereotype and advocate on their own behalf. She tells a concise story to illustrate her point. At her first performance review with Zuckerberg six months into her job at Facebook, he told her that her desire to be liked by everyone was holding her back. Good for you, Zuckerberg. Uh, if you please everyone, Shit. he said, you won't change anything. Mark was right, she Fuck. writes. Everyone needs to get more comfortable with female leaders, she insists including female leaders themselves. Yes, what a great thing. And then wow. the second point, I don't need to read this because you can sum it up in the one sentence. Women should ask their partners to do at least half the parenting work. You absolutely can be a woman and have, be a mom and be a business owner, et cetera. But if you are, you you, it, you both, you fucking egg and sperm did that. So you both better be participating. Yeah, and you carried it and delivered it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a little bit more work maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just was like, I, I thought this was so important and yeah. we don't talk about it enough. And... 
<laughs> we don't want it to be true. And it's not at all saying that women are less than or not capable of or we don't. But no, it's just like you we have hold to ourselves fucking back, remind though. you. I'm sorry. We hold ourselves back more than men do in, in those areas. And it's and it does help to be reminded. God damn it. I would love to have a, a conversation with the baddest bitches in the world. You know, Hillary yeah. Clinton could be there. Beyonce. And they, I bet they could list a fucking spiral notebook of times of th- th- times that they could have succeeded more if they had not been helping their husband, standing up for their husband, covering up something for their husband. Yeah. Make it a cup of tea for their husband, and this is not to be saying and don't be a hu- right. Yeah, it's not don't saying be a loving, don't be a, caring partner. Of course, but right. be a partner. That's the key. Be, the be line. an equal. Yeah. If not, a, is not an, an employee. Yeah, if your husband has an idea and you like that idea better than whatever you wanted to do with your life, you get equal credit, equal money, equal FaceTime, equal say. All these things. You don't, you don't get a fucking don't get a thank you on the bottom of the caption. God damn it. You know it. what? You know what? I, I I don't know. I know I relate everything to childhood trauma, but I I've I've been. I kind of have like a little like not shame over how I spent my weekend, but um, I didn't I didn't put myself first this weekend. I put I let I let me wanting this guy to like me and me wanting to spend time with him, even though it probably is not something that's going anywhere, um, overcome the fact that I had so much fucking work to do. That's so embarrassing. Ugh, that sucks. I do that all the time. But anyway, I was going to say like um, the therapist has been pointing out a lot lately that. Uh, you're just trying to get mom to like you and I don't like I for a lot of women it's I don't know if it's trying to get a parent to like you trying to get somebody to like you but there definitely is on top of that that's the way that we're a little socialized not everybody because you escaped that but uh the likability thing is just like what we ride on instead of pissing people off and being successful on the way not trying to piss people off but knowing that it will and who gives a fuck Right, and, so we, and we can see it. If you want to see it in active motion, look at my uh, social media comments compared to Christina's. Christina's are very nice because she is nice and she is likable. Mine yeah. are fucking rude as fuck. Yeah. Did we not both give you lots of things yeah. and lots of tools over the years? Of course we did. And I know that, so I just LOL. But it's like exhausting at the same yeah. time. And, you know, I don't I already like don't like humanity. But so. I, I like floating in the safe space <laughs> of being liked. That's why I was so like terrified of the luminary thing or, or the any any negative and it's like fucking god damn if that doesn't fucking matter you're not going to create anything great if you're too concerned about being liked yeah and i mean i just and I, I gotta put myself first there's other examples i saw of it i know sorry i know you have to go but like i was no, uh, fine i also you know i i something else i noticed good points um, to bring up was that uh as a specifically female comedian doing well i never fucking see female comedians bringing females on the road as their opener and i get it i get the logic you're going to talk about the same things pretty much but i go fuck it i was like amy schumer brought Rosebud, you right? uh but she was there's a, an assortment and like the specials oh, she oh, produced right. are male specials so oh, right that's true that's but i mean true. think you know things of that nature and uh it just it doesn't happen why a are lot. we so taught to just like be in the gaze of but a man I, but I, and, I, and i don't think <laughs> so it's weird. and i don't think it's anything more than uh well there's a higher chance that we're going to talk about the same topics and people right. like variety totally. but there is variety within women so yeah. it's like yeah i didn't get a i didn't get a loud mouth italian jew to open for me i got a japanese girl to open for yeah, me. yeah right, right right so right. we're gonna have a different right out of the gates and i said to me if someone four years into comedy is writing the same types of jokes as me almost 10 years into comedy then i better fucking adjust my yeah. set because i'm not doing a good right. enough job right. at my job um and and so i was like because I, I i was on the fence and I also didn't want to be like ma- come off as man hating and I'm not and I think people know that yeah. by now yeah, and so I was like not. fuck it I'm just only bringing female young female openers when I say young I mean young in comedy not young age wise if there's an 80 year old woman two years in that's absolutely fine that sounds awesome but so I, and I was just like yeah 
and she goes she goes to me she was like oh is there anything any topics you want me to steer clear of and I thought for a second and yeah that would have made my job easier because she actually does have one topic of a thing that is oddly and I thought it was a pretty unique premise but I guess not bitch um <laughs> and uh and and I and I just go and I was like in my head I was like oh it would make my job a lot easier if I told her to knock that out but I said no you just have yeah. to make the joke make better. it better you yeah. gotta make it better yeah what are you gonna do yeah what are you well, gonna do it's like you know yeah if if I if somebody like takes an idea of ours or mine or anything like or if any and I'm like fucking try and do it better and, and I don't mean that bitterly or sarcastic no for try sure because then if you do I'm gonna go fuck what do I have to do to make my thing better yeah it's all that's all good that competitiveness is from that um that TED talk that Beyonce features a clip in flawless it's oh like, yeah um mm. uh we we train our we are in competition with each other which is something that can be helpful but it's like we're in competition for fucking men that's not helpful. Yeah, it just I I just yeah, I was just so upset and you know, there is a po- there's a part of you that go, you know, goes like, why couldn't that be me that could help you? And then you go, "Oh, it couldn't be me because, because you're I am not never going to put out my own shine yeah. to let someone shine brighter." You're right. It's never going to happen nor should it. Shit. You just lit a fire under my ass. Yeah, and you can still date someone fucking God, successful. God, I help every fucking person I date. And, and you can still, and like this was, well, and, not and moving on, no. it's like, yeah, this current relationship, you can still date someone fucking amazingly successful and talented and smart who has achieved a lot, who is not, would never even think to ask you to put out your shine. See that, I don't even, can't even comprehend that that exists. Wouldn't that it, a man exists who would date me? Never ask. That wouldn't even. In, for, in fact, I had to fucking forcibly keep him out of comedy clubs because I was like, <laughs> these jokes aren't right. Right, and I don't know if you're gonna take these addiction addiction jokes the wrong way because I don't know you well enough yet. But they're very funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's that. Real. This is why I didn't get a lost lost sleep. Yeah. Well, sometimes you gotta really, and then the OCD kicked in, and then you're like, ah, how many yeah. times can you look at the same Instagram profile? <laughs> All right. Uh, our guest this week. Oh man, he's the winner. Season 8 of RuPaul's Drag Race Comedian and co-host of Sibling Rivalry Podcast with Monet Exchange His comedy special Bob the Drag Queen Suspiciously Large Woman Is available on Logo Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bob the Drag Queen Look me in my eyes Are you down to ride? I don't have the patience If you're trying to waste my time I've been single, I've been fine But I've had you on my mind Lately I've been Okay, we're here with Bob the Drag Queen. This is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you so much. It's really sweet and cool. Um, very excited to interview you. No, I'm excited to be here. This is fun. We ran into each other um, in the airport. Were you on the Kesha cruise? Hell yeah, I was on the Kesha cruise. That's how, well, yeah, I was, he even met me when I had laryngitis and I was like trying to explain that we had emailed and, but it was barely coming out, but you got the gist of it, you know? Well, and also, I you know, it was really very, um, <laughs> I, I almost ran, no, I'm just um, <laughs> no, I have throat problems too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I understand the struggle of like losing your voice and then it's really frustrating because you can't 
communicate. Yeah. And then you start, you, you get in your head, well, I need to go on vocal rest. I need to save my voice. And then you tr- start trying to communicate through like gestures and symbols. And then you realize no one understands what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no one reads mine. And you think to yourself, this is very clear. When I open my hand like this, it means open the door and they they're like Are you read, hitting me with a sword yeah read a sword you're like okay i'm, I'm, I'm leaving and <laughs> yeah. then you just get frustrated and i gotta say my friends uh who are listening were not being helpful in Assholes. helping me be on vocal rest y'all are shady um, <laughs> but vocal rest is so hard because i want well that's why living alone that's a perk you can be on vocal rest true no one's asking you shit and i i, I like talking and then but then <laughs> when too. i try to go on vocal rest but people then you you'll say to your friends like You'll, you'll use what little voice you have. You go, listen, guys, I'm not talking because I am having problems. And then inevitably your friends will ask you questions. About the problem. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Or just your so, life or your So day. what's going on? I'm like, yeah. Like, did you just hear me say I'm not talking? So I'm like, you can only ask me yes and no questions, nothing else. And they'll be like, so like, what's it like being on? So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done with you. Guys. They interview you. Yeah, fully. They full on like Gail King me. <laughs> did you see this Gail King R. Kelly? Yes. Oh, yo, Gail King was stoic. We did. I was like, wow. She is really just, she just, my favorite part is when he's like yelling, Robert. like, y'all kill me with, yeah, she goes, Robert. Yeah, yeah. That is the best part of the interview. The calmness that she exemplified was admirable. It was just, I aspire to have that, like, calmness and stoicism. It's like having a crazy person. Like, she, Gail King is the lady on the train when a crazy person comes on, is going off, and she's just still reading her book. Yeah. Like, a crazy person is like going off, and Gail King's just like reading, you know, the third. composure. She's reading the third installment in in the Fire, in the uh, Hunger Games series. She's like, wow. This man will not be interrupting my chapter. Katniss did that. <laughs> Even though uh, Hunger Games was so long ago, I still feel like I can't spoil it. And it was oh. like five years ago. I like kind of saw it. and kinda, I don't even remember if I saw it, but I don't care. I usually don't like stuff like that, but I loved Hunger Games. It was, oh, my God. I'm not a big reader, and I read all those books back to back. Oh, wow. Really? Probably, oh, I love that. Probably a week, one week. And that's big for me. I, I, I'm not like someone who just loves reading fiction. Um, but I read The Hunger Games in one week, Ooh. all three of them. I gotta try that because I don't like reading fiction either. I like yeah. I like self help shit, but fiction Same. I'm like. Eh. I just like biography as an autobiography. Oh, those are good. Like I love because I love like learning about what successful people did, and then just taking notes on it. Well, I thought I'd like biographies too, but I'm just not in, into. I don't know. I I don't like narrative books. I like mm-hmm. self help yeah. books. Yeah. But like following a storyline. Start, Especially in book form, yeah, it's hard. And also, I mean, I personally feel like I can't read when I'm home by myself because I will just fall asleep. Yeah, I just fall asleep. The only time I can read is when I'm traveling. I can read on a train. Oh, I can yeah. Read in a car. I'm one of those people that can read in a car, and I can read on an airplane. But I also now fall asleep on airplanes. Like I can't stand with. Lucky, airplanes. that's cool. Me it took me a while to be able to do that. Do you ever read erotica? I, I don't try. Well, I mean, you know, when I was in um, high school, uh, the coldest winter ever was this really popular book. I can't remember who it was oh. by, but it was this really popular like erotica book, the coldest winter ever. And I would like all the girls in my school were reading it. Really? Yeah. And it was like it was like this black erotica. And um, and I remember like trying to get, like getting a hold of it and like reading a few pages and being like, this is stimulating, but it's also reading. 
Right, I, right. I would rather sit down at the dial-up computer right. and wait 59 minutes for a three-minute video to upload than yeah. read. And also, it's always like straight erotica, which I'm just not really Done through for not, it. Nothing, nothing against. No, no. Some of my best friends you are straight. You like what you like. <laughs> my, my parents are straight. I, I think, like a lot of I, think um, I actually think gay porn is very hot. I agree. And <sighs> I... And I've also been recently like trying to not fetishize, but I've been recently very into trans man porn uh-huh. and it is fetishizing a little bit, but I just think that uh, trans men are just so pretty. They're just so pretty. What do, at what point do you think does fetishize, fetishizing, still not saying it right. It's Fetish, cool. Fetishizing. Fetish, fetish, yeah. It's a hard one. Um, becomes a problem becomes uh as the jezebelians like to say problematic even though that word can be used meaningfully i feel like it's overused that is a, that is a good question because i've also been finding myself uh fetishizing asian guys mm-hmm. um and trans men and i'm finding that like i'm just attracted to a lot of asian guys and a lot of trans men yeah because i think they're really pretty yeah right that's and, your taste I mean. yeah and i like kind of femme guys and pretty boys and petite guys, um, and as, as everyone looks at my, I know he's tiny he's little such boyfriend. A, I love him. Yeah, he, he and all that. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's no Asian trans guy, but <laughs> but I guess he'll do. How love do you feel <laughs> right <laughs> now? Thanks for coming here. Oh, that's fun. Um, but I, when when there's disrespect involved, when you're treating somebody like an object to their face, I would imagine that's when it comes. But that doesn't just because you fetishize something doesn't mean you do that. I think a big part of fetishizing is is finding something sexually attractive based on what it is. So like you can fetishize fat guys, you can fetishize mm-hmm. hairy guys, you can mm-hmm. fetishize, and I think that fetishizing becomes an issue when it becomes race based. Oh yeah. But even but if you are attracted to black dudes and you, uh, but if you're if you're conducting in a way that you both feel mutually respected if there's consent on both ends, yeah. then I don't think it's a problem. Do you think though if somebody fetishizes like an a- Asian guys, do you have to let that person know if you're dating an Asian guy? Do you have to kind of put that out there or no? Or where is that line? That is interesting. I mean, I think that if you, and this is going to make me sound like a total asshole, but I'm just going to be all honest here. Should be honest. I'm yeah. talking mostly about like hooking up with, not like, oh, yeah, well, not yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, I just want to, not that I would not date an Asian guy or, I mean, I'm pretty open with, uh, with who I'll date. Um, but I'm, but I'm talking about specific about, about sexual attraction. To them. Yeah. And I feel like when you hook up with, if I were to hook up with an Asian guy, if my goals were ever to come true, um, do I do I need to be like I like a lot of Asian guys? I feel like that's a turn off just to say. Yeah, and like, it would I feel like I don't even know how it would make him feel, but makes I can't feel imagine great. Special, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. I'm just a just another one of the people. You, I'm just yeah. a type. I'm not me. Like you don't yeah. like me for me. You like me yeah. like because of something beyond my control. Yeah. But I also feel like if you are dating, if you date a lot of Asian guys, then yeah. the guy you're dating will probably know. But what if when you... All, when all your exes are Asian. Like, <laughs> but if you were hooking know. up with an Asian guy who fetishized black guys, could you just both be honest about it and then objectify each other in a, in a respectful way? To be honest, I would That's probably... That's the Matrix. I would probably feel sexy. Yeah. Like, if you were into black guys, yeah. I'd be like, I'm here for that. I like, I mean, I like, like I have a bit of a, a dad bod. I've, I've developed into a dad bod. And guys who like that who tell me that it doesn't bother me like it does not yeah. bother me that you're into dad bods I'm like you know what I have what I have and uh, I'm gonna bring it to the table oh I love a dad bod well, yeah. oh my god <laughs> I really do and I might be right up your alley <laughs> you're a tall dad though yeah very tall dad yeah, dad bods are usually I would I would think more frumpy I know I'm your clothes but like you don't seem frumpy to me at well, I just, all well I just I carry all of my weight in my belly I, okay. won't, I don't gain weight 
anywhere. Really? Like, I will look the same. My whole body looks the same. And my friends are like, like since I was on Drag Race, I've gained 40 pounds, but you can't really tell. I was, so tall, yeah. I was 185 pounds on Drag Race. I have now 220 pounds. Okay. So about 35, 40 pounds here in the give and take how much I've eaten uh, or how much I've worked in a, couple, in a week. Um, but it's all literally. Wow. This is so funny though because this is like the this is the gay version of a of a dad bod like in the heterosexual yeah. world a dad, dad bod, bod is like yeah. full on it's just like is that Santa are you tummy? Slimer? <laughs> it's like Slimer with a shirt on yeah yeah, yeah I mean there's and yeah. I'm like yummy gay, gay fat and um and, and straight, and straight fat. fat are different, just different. Not different, different things. it's like Roseanne fat and then like yeah yeah I'm, I'm gay fat yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I'm also gay fat though <laughs> I, I think and I think uh I think and culture is gay yeah. fat I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be for real it's <laughs> oh, funny oh my gosh all right so uh yeah i think we we'll just start when how did you get into drag how old were you what what was the calling um i was 22 mm-hmm. turning 23 like right around the time i turned 23 just before um and i was watching rupaul's drag race i just moved to new york city it was about uh all it was 10 years ago a little over 10 oh. years ago and RuPaul's Drag Race came on TV, and I thought that it... I mean, the very, very, very first time I was ever introduced to drag was the movie Tu Wong Fu, which was one of my favorite movies growing up, mm-hmm. with John uh, with, uh, Leguizamo, Wesley Snipes, and R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. Thanks for everything, uh, Julie, Julie Newmar. Newmar. Yep, yes. the one, the very one. <laughs> and uh, and then in, in high school, I remember getting a role where my teacher wanted me to play the role feminine, and I was like, maybe I should just dress as a woman. And she was like, let's not get crazy. I mean, this was also in, in Georgia in the in the 1920s. Uh, Were um, you out at that time? Um, no. Mm-hmm. No, I was not out. But I just remember being really excited at the idea of playing the role of femme. Like, I just like, this sounds fun. I yeah. want to play it femme. But she did not let me do it in drag because it was uh. Georgia and it was the early 2000s. Um, but then I didn't actually, I, I dressed in drag for the first time. Not drag, but we did opposite sex makeup in college. And then after that, like for a class, or? for a makeup class. Oh, cool! Yeah, I took a. I was a theater major, so oh. I had to take a makeup class. Nice. And then I actually did drag, drag, for the first time after watching the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I saw. Uh, are you big fans of Drag Race? Do you know mm-hmm. a lot of the people from it? I don't know. I don't know the. I know a handful. People. So the the winner of the first season was Bibi Zaharbene, mm-hmm. and she was also a contestant on uh, All Stars three. And um, I saw her and I was thinking, I, I saw myself in BB and I thought to myself, wow, this African man looks like a gorgeous woman. So I feel like if he can be a beautiful woman, then I can be a beautiful drag queen. Yeah. He can be, I can be a beautiful queen if he can be a beautiful queen. So then I decided to do drag. And then, cool. and then it just became a snowball effect where I did that while working, like drag and waiting tables, drag and acting, drag and real estate. And then it just became only drag. And then I got on Drag Race and... And, and, Killed it. and now I'm at the pinnacle of my career, which is uh, this podcast. After oh. this, it's all down to there. So there will be nothing. <laughs> no Very sweet. The only way is up. <laughs> so wait, so the allure for you was more in, in the like female aesthetic than the performance, or it was just a combination like escapism of both because you already were a performer? Well, it was, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I, I moved to New York City to be an actor and a comedian. Um, and I, I think the initial pull was dressing up Mm -hmm. and then I became really enthralled in the idea of um, 
of performing, like the idea of being able to tell jokes and and right. I, I used to I used to dress in drag to do my stand up as a great way to, of to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I just uh, it the, the performance really became everything to me. Do you feel like comfortable in a way that you are not like in when you're in drag? Do you feel this comfort that you never feel otherwise kind of thing like this playfulness, this freedom? Maybe not a comfort. <clears throat> drag is actually quite uncomfortable. <laughs> like it <laughs> well, hurts. Yeah, physically, yeah. Um, but I do feel now because I am, I mean, quite frankly, one of the most famous drag queens in the world, mm-hmm. I do feel a, uh, it's kind of a built-in safety net yeah. that they'll like me no matter what because they know me from TV. Yeah. Um, but before, you know, I just, it does feel like an armor, like you can do anything. You you feel like almost like a dress-up animal from Disney, like when you can go around being goofy because you're, you get a pass to be a little more silly than normal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love drag. I like drag shows. Corinne has introduced me to that world and, and was with me the first couple times I went to drag shows. I love going to them. They always lift my spirits. If I'm ever in a depressed mood, drag shows are my antidepressant. Do you remember any of you've been to here in the city? Oh my god, yeah. Um, um, uh, well, we were going to pieces with Shaquita yeah, a Shaquita. lot. Oh my god, Shaquita. Shaquita is uh, makes my day better. Fierce. She's one of the. Um, so oldest, she's one of the, actually one of the oldest drag queens in New York City. I'm sure she'll and, love that. And she's one of the <laughs> oldest people in the world. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. I heard that too. And we're like, how are you still alive? She's like, she I drinks know. vampire blood. Her yeah. original drag name was uh, Harriet Tubman. She's been, doing, <laughs> she's been doing drag that long. She, but her show, she's so fucking funny and conniving and... We were talking about this earlier with Carly. Like we, you know, stand up. There's the PC-ness that's leaking into stand up has not leaked into the drag community. Well, slowly, not into the the the, the local drag community, but in the uh, international drag race uh, drag yeah. community, it has uh, leaked over. And um, P, yeah, PC is a buzzword that has been used. I, in my opinion, um, is 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 escaped its original context. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's been abused. Yeah, it's been it's been abused. PC has definitely been an abused term for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, because that's one of the most fun things about uh, drag shows. Like, I mean, like, in, yeah, in New York City, like you can still go, and I mean, people are just messy. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 drag queens truly have a power over the crowd that even stand up comedians don't have. Like, I often credit going to drag shows with being a better stand up comedian because I do think drag queens are better at controlling the crowd and showing like the audience who's boss like you see heckling a lot at stand-up comedy shows if it happens at a drag show like that person's gonna be <laughs> burnt to a crisp. spill a drink on you well what it makes is <clears throat> what i love about uh drag shows is like you know a good drag show and you are a little bit afraid of the drag yeah, queen. yeah. <laughs> if you're not scared of the drag yep. queen in my opinion she's not a very good drag queen you should be when the drag queen makes direct eye contact while on stage, <laughs> yeah, you sh- uh, it should feel like when the principal says your name on the intercom at school. You know what I mean? It should yeah. be like, oh, my name got said by the authority figure. <laughs> yeah. I need to behave myself. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of being just a hair scary. Yeah. And it always makes me feel like sexier going to drag shows. Just because I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't uh, dive into my sexuality like when I'm out in public as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. And like drag queens just... 
they just the the way you walk, the way every every movement is so. Oh god! I mean, most drag are more feminine than like women I know because it is this heightened version of of the of being a woman. I mean, it's literally like yeah, like for example, a woman on crack, but you in are, way. like you are like if so like you have makeup on right now, mm-hmm. but if there were a drag queen, they'd be like she wears literally no makeup. But <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like you have on eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, you're wearing eyeliner. That is makeup. Yeah. Whereas this would be the like bare minimum drag makeup. It is hyper feminist, like big big hair. Yeah. Yeah. Eyeliner all the way back to arch, your hairline. Arched eyebrows. Super, you know, snatched brows, tiny waist, <laughs> big boobs, big hips, high heels. It is hyper feminism. Yeah. So fun. And it shows how feminism is powerful and you, you use the feminine mystique or the feminine uh, image to control a room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oof, that's a good way to put it. Um, And so uh, what, what is it like dating as someone who is one of the most famous uh, drag queens? Uh, because I know there's, there's so many kind of like, there's so many, so much a little judgment that I sense like within the gay community a lot like just uh, over different types of people or like who I will date and it, it seems like there's a lot of like categories it has it ever been an issue or people like not interested in dating a drag queen kind of thing yeah I mean there are you know I actually hear a lot of drag queens talk about how they wouldn't date drag queens which I find interesting I actually yeah. I, I hear it less now than I used to hear it uh-huh. and I feel like the idea of femme shaming has uh, which is like shaming guys for being feminine, right? And I also feel like the idea of mask for mask, which is masculine acting guys who only want to date masculine acting guys, has started to fade away and is starting to be like normally. If you like, you know what Grinder is. Grinder is yeah, a, oh, yeah. A, if you don't know, Grinder is a hookup app for gay guys. It's like a it's like Christian mingle for heathens, <laughs> um, and basically on the app, if you see mask for mask nowadays, people will probably like. You'll, if you put mask for mask on your app, you'll probably get shit for it. For your preference. Yeah. And like it just in the, huh. in the, in the Bible, people put mask for mask or only looking for mask guys. Then you'll probably get a lot of shit for it. Okay. So what the other people want you to do then is date guys that you're not uh, necessarily attracted to. And just to prove that they're, I, that, think like, what they, the I think what they, I think what they want, like people, if you like, for example, a lot of people who are grinding, like, instead of saying what you don't want. Yeah. Or, or say being like no femme guys, Say what no so and so, no so and so, and mask for mask does say what you want, but it also it tears it. It puts this idea out there that being feminine is unattractive, right? Well, to that person, right? Yeah. I mean, well, because we were talking with Bo and Yang um, from Lost Culturistas, and he said that it was a big thing on Grinder and similar dating apps to write no fats, no femmes, no, no Asians. Asians. Oh yes. yeah, and I know that was a big thing as he, he is Asian, uh, a big you know kind of issue. Uh, is he femme? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Is he a little juicy? He's adorable. You want you want you want us to make an introduction? I mean, I have not. I have not. Do you guys have an open relationship? I'm we, guessing, yeah. We do have an open. Well, relationship. I hope so. Otherwise, this is like the rudest interview. Yeah, he's ever. like sitting there, like, cool. I'm just on Poor Twitter, man. No, we we do have uh, an open relationship. What are your? He's on Grindr. Yeah, he's he's on Grindr. Right. Grind so wait, what are the um? Did, what are your rules or the? Yeah, how do you it's negotiate? obviously don't ask, don't tell, which is great. I mean, are you comfortable with me telling them our rules? Um, we well, I, I really, our our only real rule is. Um, if you when you hook up with other guys, if you're gonna um, have anal sex, use a condom. Oh, that's a good rule. And outside of that, um, wow, that's pretty laid back. Yeah, I mean we're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> can you know know people I know or know no, doing it fuck, in our house? Do you live together? Fuck. Well, there's a guy that I yeah we live together. He, okay. ju- he just moved in yesterday. Oh my god! Oh my congrats. god! It's like every day's a sleepover. Right. I love that feeling. Um, we, it, actually, there's a friend of mine that I used to hook up with that I don't. He, I mean, the, whatever. 
the friend of mine that I used to hook up with that I don't hook up with anymore. And then I've, I've been trying to get Jacob to hook up with him too. Now we're trying to make that happen. But then, really? But also that friend of mine is also like, I can't hook up with my friends. Like when I see, I can't see my friends sexually. And I'm like, I just, that's not, I'm not, that's not where I am. Okay. Like I can see people sexually even if we're friends. Right. I mean, if the, the, the only way to get me to probably, if I find you sexy, the only way to get me to not find you sexual is if you're my fucking brother. Right, or my, that's good. Or my uncle or something. Good boundaries. But if you're not related to me, and I think you're sexy. You're just sexy. But I also have friends that I have sex with and we are still friends and it doesn't affect It doesn't fuck up the sure, friendship. Yeah. Have you ever had it fuck up the friendship? Has fucking ever fucked up your friendships? No. Oh, cool. I really, I really How's that? Think, I really don't think it has. Wow. Yeah. No, no one's no. caught feeling like. No. Wow. I'm also, this is my first boyfriend. I've never had a. Really? We've, yeah, we've been dating. We started dating when I was 31 and I'll be 33 this year. Okay. Um. So I, I've i never been in a relationship before. So I just kind of just go around. Just, wow. Just That's fucking. fun. So just, yeah. So what's it like being in your first relationship? Are you having a trouble navigating it or is it Well, I have easy? nothing to compare it to, but <laughs> it seems pretty par for the course. I mean, we have a lot of open communication. We're very open with each other about everything. Um, we were having a discussion last night about how I am sometimes a little too honest about stuff. But that's not about relationship stuff. That's about like that was a, opinions and stuff. Yeah, literally, yeah. It, it was about whether or not, it was about when you go to someone's show. If it wasn't good, what do you say? Well, and false I, praise well, is, see, is I, underestimating I the self esteem. I don't. I don't think false praise is good. That's what I said. That's so not what, doing anybody any favors. Oh my God, you're team me, and you're about to be. <laughs> I can already tell you. Yeah, about to be I was team. like, no one wants to do a play and then be like, that was garbage. Like, no one invited Simon Cowell. I mean, not, like, <laughs> you can. But you can. The thing is, you can but, give a compliment without being bullshit. Like, right. I don't give standing ovations to things that I don't deserve. I've been sitting in a sea of standing people many times. That's on that bitch. Brave. But like, you guys can see, but I'm making like a face where I push my top lip into my nose. Because it means nothing then. Like if, to me, like it takes away the meaning of people who do deserve standing ovations. But like, I mean, there's there's an over a way to be overly obnoxious in your truth. Like you don't yeah. have to be like, oh my god, that was amazing. But you could be like, oh, like you can find Congrats. something. You Congrats. can find something positive to say That's that doesn't literally feel what I said. Like oh, I you know that you could tell that was like um, I loved the direction in that or just something like that. Something because there's something good in everything, and you can find. I like or that I'll you try. can find that. Or I'll say for example, if I went to a play that was not good, but I had fun being there. They say how was it? I go. I had so much fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Which exactly. is true. I yeah. did have fun. Yeah. 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 It's like when you go see a play. Um, when you go to, you know, when Broadway has the always has the reviews on the marquee. Yeah, you can always tell it's a bad play when it says amazing cast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah, it goes, yeah. this cast is talented. They've done great <laughs> things in other shows. That yeah. means this show is not good. Yeah, true. that's true. <laughs> Their personalities are really carrying it. Yeah. I mean, like I think it's different. Like if I was, you know, how for, for like my most intimate partner or best friend, if they came to see a show, and I honestly asked them like how do you think that was i would want the honest truth there yeah but it depends I, your level of i dated yeah. somebody that was too honest with his opinions on art and my work and uh <laughs> i didn't like it it tore me down yeah that's... sometimes when i didn't even ask for it <laughs> right well my mom is uh is like that my mom gives her honest opinion about everything <laughs> my mom did. um and uh but i like it though. it's your mom though you have a close relate like but, you know each but other. i also don't mind i'm also on the i was on television on a show that people love to give their opinions about so yeah. i actually feel like because i was judged so harshly for my makeup mm -hmm. on rupaul's drag race I've actually gotten much better at makeup yeah. because I kept constantly being told your makeup is bad. It's still bad. It's not good yet. Or they say, 
or I would do my makeup and keep trying to change and they'd be like well at least the eyebrow's good and I'd be like alright okay, I figured so I got out okay, one area good ooh, I got the eyebrow and yeah. then I'll try to change this and like oh wow Bob finally fixed that oh Bob's wearing blush oh Bob did this so I'm actually getting if you look at when I did drag on Drag Race versus now I've changed my makeup because I kept getting critiqued so harshly. but yeah. when I was in New York City no one ever said anything and mm. I just never got better I just right. kept doing the really? same bullshit really no one ever yeah. said anything like none of the other drag queens are, oh I guess they don't want you to get well, better New York, queens are, <laughs> no, New York queens New York queens have a Petty. tendency to really like we just don't care as much about the look as we do about the performance because a uh-huh. lot of us are we became drag queens after being performers like singers who became drag queens actors who became drag queens dancers who became drag queens yeah. comedians who became drag queens um, whereas other places you are just a drag queen and then you find what you do afterwards mm-hmm. but most of us moved here to perform and then discover drag okay, okay. so we're, we're, we're wrapped up in the performance but if your performance is bad in New York City they will tell you yeah yeah, yeah. you'll know I know I'm, I'm so, I feel like my standards are so high now because I've seen such spectacular drag over the, the New York years. has the best drag in the world oh, sorry about so it wherever you listen to from um, but New York City does have the best drag in the world I said what I said don't worry we're team New York we also feel that way about comedy we're like best comedy in the world it's the best absolutely best a a lot of things yeah yeah for sure what kind Uh, of according to some uh, recent vote the best pizza in the world is literally in Brooklyn Oh, There's which like one? I can't remember the name Lucal- of it. Lucali. It was, it was voted the best ones. pizza. That's where in Beyonce the goes. World. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they might usually probably rent out the whole place. So, but because uh. the, the, the Beckhams go there too, that's how I know. Whoa! Could yes. you imagine if Beyonce was like, I actually just like the Dwayne Reed upmarket. You know, <laughs> she's the so du- down to earth. The Dwayne I Reed on Fifty First Street and Broadway. They used to have an upmarket, which was like it had a yoga, a frozen yogurt stand, Ooh. and a sushi bar. Wow! And, Dwayne and, Reed sushi, huh? And a juice bar. Okay. Like it was everything. But they I, tried. I think that it, it was unpopular because people were like, I'm not eating Dwayne Reed sushi. That's fair. I There's- don't eat. I don't need sushi. I actually had my first ever crab roll recently. How was on it? On the Kesha Cruise. Oh, oh yeah. God. And it was it was good. And I'm actually not normally into shellfish. And I just have this idea that in my head where I just can't eat raw fish because it just looks like I'm, raw fish. Crab like is an easier fish. one of the like crab and lobster are easier to eat in like the raw than the actual because they don't it doesn't feel slimy. Yeah. I also like salty food. Me too. Um, I, I mean, a... I'm really unique. I like salt. <laughs> I do too. I, well, I'm salty over sweet any day. I'm like more unique than everyone else here. I like really like salty food, so <laughs> Have you ever got, um, now in non-open relationships, jealousy happens all the time. And I would imagine jealousy happens too in open relationships because people are human beings. Has it ever happened? like, have you ever been like, can you not fuck that? No, I get jealous because quite frankly, from an objective standpoint, he is cuter than I am. Like he's very, uh, like a cute Twinkie gay guy. Um, so he just has the opportunity to hook up with guys that I wish I could hook up with. Oh. So the jealousy isn't that like, I don't like that you're hooking up with him, but I was I would think to myself, I wish I could hook up with that guy, but I guess you no. can't wow. use your celebrity. Yeah, so I, I use my celebrity to hook up with guys too often. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to use what Good I got for to, you. I, I believe in using what you've got to get what you want. Yeah, you, you earn what, I mean? what you got. Yeah. Um, exactly. I earned this. God damn it. So like if people are fucking you because you're Bob the Drag Queen, you you're don't like, care. Good. I mean, if you're as, long, Bob the drag as queen. long as you are sexually into it, like if, okay. if me being famous turns you on and makes your dick hard then yes but if yeah. but if you're doing it for the story and you can't get an erection oh, or oh, you don't but as long as you find me sexy in this moment i mean desire turns me on yeah yeah a big part of me a big part of me thinking someone is sexy is them thinking i'm sexy too yeah i yeah that's true that's you know, how they i got good taste but that's how i get in a bad thing uh, yeah um have you ever had a guy fucking you just because you're bob the drag queen and how did you know or so 
Well, I mean, if you can't get an erection, I'm assuming that's what's going on here. Mm. Also, I've also. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes people can't get erections when they're like, fucking us, and yeah, it, it's, it's not because we're Corinne and Christina. It, ha- it, it happened long before this. Oh yeah, but so, also, yeah, sometimes people, was, get, people get nervous. Yeah, and someone's been drinking. Yeah, so all those things could be true for you. too. <laughs> it's true, um, and I mean, I I don't. There's the truth is I have no way of knowing. Okay, yeah. I actually did have one time I was in Montreal at Montreal Pride. And this guy was hooking up with me and we were in the room together. And then at one point he, I was just kind of like, just, I started not feeling it. And I was like, I just feel like this isn't working out. He goes, yeah, me too. And he goes, you know, the truth is I'm not really interested. In, I'm not really attracted to black guys. I just, uh, I came up here to see if this could work. And, um, what, and, and what it, the and fuck it didn't. And then I was like, well, that is, that, that is particularly unattractive to me. Yeah. And he was like, I hope you're not mad. I was like, well, mad is not the right word I would use. I said, but it is really kind of an annoying experience to be someone's experiment. Yeah. That's yeah. It's very experimental. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you that's, that's and that's where fetishizing becomes disrespectful. And of all people to be experienced, you choose experiment. You choose me. You could, you could have uh, had someone a little, a little lower on the, the lower on the totem pole. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if um. Uh, this is a very um, hack question about open relationships, but one that I'm still curious about. Do you guys say I love? Do you love each other? You love you? I say I love you. Or we do. We actually we are we are a very pragmatic couple, and we're we're not what other people might consider terribly romantic. Um, and early, but in the our, way you smile at each other is beautiful. Well, I, I do like love that. him. Early in our relationship, we chose. I just said, "Hey, let's just start saying I love you." Um, and let's not make <laughs> oh, it. A, God, let's bring not, that up. I said, "Well, let's not make it a thing. Let's not be like God, when do we say right. I love yeah, you." Yeah, let's not feel it. Let's just start saying <laughs> it. Right, and let's then just we'll, start saying it. Well, you felt it. He's into it. I said, and, and I said, we don't have to say whether or not it's true not right now. But if we just start saying it, eventually it'll end up being true. What oh, you no, but the thing is, like that's. But the thing, I, I'm gonna re- come and talk to the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that I was feeling for a while. Like in other relationships, I was like, I, no, no. I was just like, I feel like there's so much stuff around saying I love you that would mm-hmm. make it a big deal. Yeah. And I would rather just like say it way early when I don't like maybe fully feel it. Yeah. And then eventually ease into it instead of making this a whole production around but it. But what yeah. if you never ended up feeling it? Then Uh-oh. we probably would have broken up after a while. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, I don't I don't know. We, we, we also had early discussions, you know, if you ever, which I think everyone has discussion, but I, I feel like for us it was pretty real, you know, uh, if you ever um, feel like we have to stop dating, then let's just go ahead and do it. Let's not drag it out. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because Jacob is. Let's end on um, a high note. Yeah, I mean, Jacob is one of my best friends now, too. So, I mean, we. I, even if we were to stop dating, which <laughs> I plan on doing very soon. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm After he just moved his couch in. <laughs> no. He just moved in. <laughs> you know, even if we did stop dating, we would obviously still be friends because yeah. he means a lot to me. Well, I don't know if this is like gay versus straight thing, but the moment of saying I love you, in, uh, times that I've done it, it has been in the rain. Just it's too so much. much. It's too much. But the last two guys I said I love you to, the two recent guys, I said it to them pretty quickly. They said it to me. Well, I said it to one first and the other one said it to me first. And I didn't feel like that epic sitting in the rain and holding each other, but it felt almost more natural. Yeah. And, I, I, I remember and less scary. I saw a video on Instagram of this this guy behind a girl or maybe she was on his back and then she like whispered something he whispered something in her ear and then she turned around and started crying and the caption was he just said i love you for the first time and i was like i don't need that in my life i like first of all they were teenagers y'all would be broken up in a few fucking minutes girl um and secondly that's just too much it puts too much pressure on this idea of 
of I just love you and if you really love each other you don't need those artifices. You don't need the fire yeah yeah you don't need the whole yeah fancy parade. Uh, I live for those moments. Which, I like moments all pretty, I got in life. Which is pretty par, <laughs> which is pretty par for the court. That's not unusual. <laughs> I just know that for me as a as a really uh you know pragmatic kind of person i'm like let's just stick with the facts here yeah instead of like <laughs> trying to create moments moments will happen yeah let them happen organically oh yeah no so it's not a moment but it is like i mean i can't i cannot say it if i do not feel it and yeah. i've said thank you to people when they said it to me <laughs> work not cunty in a way but like i because i mean what, thank what you. else you not like i'm like I don't know Thanks. what else to say because I'm not. I'm not going to say it back like right. out of pressure. I love that's you. True. I, I love this. I love. This. Here's a good answer. I love you. That's nice. Oh, I wouldn't or say I, that. Or I love you. Do you now? Aww. Or just aww. Aww. <laughs> thank you. How cute. For thank you. I do you. truly feel thank you. Like the, I felt the thank you, but yeah, I can't say the I love you until I feel it. Um, what if what if the uh, the hacky question I wanted to ask you was oh, what yeah. if you develop feelings for other people? Have you and do you talk about it? And- oh well, I also identify as polyamorous. Oh um, okay, oh fun. And, and I I actually told Jacob there's this one guy that I was like trying to date uh for a while. The guy from the play the the, the traveling play I told you about him. Hope it was a the good actor, play. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great show, actually. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't get to see him in it, but it, 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 I've seen the show before, and he, I've heard him. He's a good, he's a good performer. Anyway, um, but it kind of ended up not. <clears throat> I'm getting really choked up. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it ended up not happening because it's a traveling show, and I'm a, I'm a traveling queen and whatever. But we have discussed polyamory. I told him I am polyamorous, and uh, also we realized that like that doesn't like if I start dating this guy. That doesn't mean that he has to date him too. Like he and I yeah. can be dating and then Jacob can have someone he's dating or we can also both be dating the same guy or all three of us can be dating each other. But wow. because me and that guy are dating doesn't mean that he and Jacob are now dating. Wow. Now do you have to, but do you have this thing where either whether you discussed it or you just kind of know that you are each other's main person? Meaning like people who are poly, yeah, sometimes partners. they have like a primary. Yeah. Well, as of right now, we are each other's only person. Okay. Um, and we haven't really made it that far yet. I mean, it took me 31 years to get the first boyfriend. So maybe by the time I'm 62, I'll have another one. You swim in a boyfriend. Yeah. So exactly. how did this come about, first boyfriend? Oh, uh, we met on Grinder. Nice. And, wow. And uh, while I was in San Francisco working, and then uh, we went to breakfast the next morning. And then he actually texted me on New Year's Eve. It was like Happy New Year's. How long Grindr. after the date was? Wait, what are you saying, babe? I messaged you on Grindr. He messaged me on Grinder on oh. New Year's Eve, and this was probably <laughs> it was probably maybe uh, half a month to a month after we hooked up. Okay. And I was like, Wow, you text me on New Year's Eve. That's really uh, I was the one you thought of, and he was like, Yeah, you were. So and then I said, Well, I'm, you know, I'm moving back to uh, San Francisco in February. We we'll, we'll, we should hang out, and then we pretty much started dating immediately. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Love gay romance. Yeah, that gay romance your little complications. I love it. Oh, no. But that's also, we, we are a little bit more, uh, what? Chill? Ridic- ridiculous. Yeah, more chill than, um, than most people. But yeah, it seems like you don't have, well, there's certainly no possessiveness. No, no not really, no. Do but you, you feel- can enjoy like playful possessiveness when you are actually together, like, you know, Yeah, like, like sometimes I will comment on his Instagram post, mine. <laughs> yeah, because it's fun to be, it's fun, it's fun <laughs> to be possessive a little, like, and show like, yeah. You know, there is something like pride <laughs> that you're mine yeah. kind of thing, right? I mean, yeah. I also, it's, it's more of a play on other people who are possessive. So when someone oh, will okay. take what other people do that's possessive that we think is funny, uh, yeah. and then I'll just do it because we saw someone else coming to mine. I think it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. so this is an inside joke. So yeah, I'll write, yeah. So I'll just that's write fun. Mine. 
Yeah. When a relationship, the spine of it is humor. I feel like it's always going to work out. Or he just posted a picture of himself with coffee and it said, Mornings with Bay. And I responded, Who is this bitch? <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. So, wait, fine. Jacob, are you, are you also consider yourself to be polyamorous? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I, I would always wonder, like, how one who was not polyamorous would date someone who is polyamorous. Because I've dated someone who's polyamorous and I was like, Okay, this is, I just, it doesn't, to me, I don't, I don't see how it could work it out if you're not. Well, to me, right. the idea, you're not polyamorous. Mm-mm, no. To I've, me, the yeah. idea of monogamy just doesn't seem like a uh, a construct that works for humans. I right, agree. We talk about that a lot, Especially yeah. for uh, male-bodied and male-minded people. Mm-hmm. Because I really do think that, you know, semen, it build up in your body, makes you think, I don't know if anyone's ever explained to you what it feels like to, to come, not just like feel, but like, your brain but like the before you come and the longer it is until you come you can't think straight like you are so sexually driven your desires change your standards change mm. what you're interested i mean the longer it goes the more you'll fuck anything you'll you'll you know you just you just and then the moment i'm when i tell you the moment the semen is out of your body your your mind it's like it's like a, an exorcism i mean it, would you say that that sounds appropriate to you that for me the moment the semen leaves your body your whole mindset changes yeah i mean i i've i've felt that not as drastically um but i felt that like why did i like it just it, there's a there's a there's a pivot but not yeah. that drastically yeah like every now and then there like there there is a point when i'll get so horny that i cannot do anything else or concentrate but i mean it's not not as often not as, as often no. and is it until you come like because also yeah. I feel like yeah. for guys it's like something is leaving your body like well, yeah the, for the, me it's not that the hormones are literally jumping out of your body onto you know a, a napkin or someone's face. Yeah. Or someone's donut. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say for me, I can come. Or sometimes eating fix does fix it. To no. me, they, to me, they're hitting the same spot. So like, if I want to fuck, same I hug. don't. I don't eat for like hours, and then I'll be hornier. Also, oh. I mean, gay, gay guys never eat before they fuck. That's because you don't want to mess. Right. Yeah. Right. You, don't, you don't yeah. eat a pot roast for you. If you, you ever had, <laughs> have you ever had an oopsie? Oh yes, gay sex. Of what's course. uh? So what's one that sticks out, or a funny one, or a terrifying one, or whatever one? Like a poopsie oopsie. Yeah, poopsie like, oopsie. Maybe had, like the most. What was the most feces? The most. What was the? I'm curious the to see how much can come out. Yeah. I'm trying to think what was the most poopsie oopsie I had ever had, and I feel like it was maybe it was like this 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 hairdresser I was hooking up with a couple of years ago, maybe like seven years ago. Okay. And he, uh, you know, he he pooped a little bit on my um, wiener. I'm using really mature terms. Oh, yeah, no, they're clinical. It's I mean, also, he defecated on my penis. It just sounds so like yeah. stupid. He um, shit on my dick. I think yeah. it sounds fun, like a porn I'd click on. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> clinical. He, and uh, and he he was pretty embarrassed, and it uh, and because he was so embarrassed, it did kill the mood. But also, I mean, as a top, I'm not gonna shame you. If yeah. You, if it I've happens. had my fingers up men's assholes, and then if something's on my like, it's that's it I put it up there. It happens. I d- I'm not gonna. To be yeah. an asshole to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if that happened and then he was like yeah you got my shit on your dick would you have continued like, oh i'm not doing that now well, i don't i don't know that that response would have worked for me <laughs> I, mean, I really only have three rules in the bedroom no yeah. puke no poop and no blood 
if you can help it if like not on purpose it. yeah if you can help it yeah because like, the poop and, you can't and, and, you know? and if it does happen we'll just clean up a little bit and either get back to it but sometimes it uh it it sometimes the bottom is so embarrassed by it oh. that they can't get back into a mode of sex oh so yeah. pee is on the table if you want to pee you're like sorry right. if you want to pee what i mean it doesn't turn me on but if you want me to pee on you or if you want to pee on me i will let you it mm-hmm. is it is it's thorough what, what do you want to say babe oh, I was wondering if wait come to the microphone though I was wondering if you could talk about your preferences for hygiene when you're eating ass. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, sure. please. This great is a great question. question from the audience. I yeah, love yeah. this. <laughs> uh, my preference for hygiene when eating an ass. I mean, I prefer you just, you know, give it a good scrubbing. Scrub-a-dub-dub. Um, and it doesn't have to be a scrub right away. It can be a scrub from earlier, um, as long as you, like, haven't, you know, scrub, yeah. done a lot beforehand. And also, like, hooking up with a guy, if you're going to eat his ass, you really have to... Uh, it's a weird thing, because you don't want to ask the question, hey, have you cleaned your ass so I can eat it? Because it kind of takes away from the mood. Yeah. Right. But... Uh, if you yeah. feel some breath on the, around but, the anus, <laughs> you just got to like, warn someone. I just... I, I've gone in on the ass without ah, asking. Ass, on a straight ass? man, oh, yeah. you can't, I can't believe... That's your... That's brave. Well, eating that a straight ass, that is... I love it. That's like... I mean, that's braver than going into, going into Afghanistan. I mean, <laughs> you, you really... You, thank you for your service. Well, I agree, love agree. watching a guy get really turned on, and uh, my favorite is when I'm, I'm, my hands, my fingers are up his asshole while either he's jerking off or I'm sucking him off or whatever, and he comes and it's just like another level. Well, when you it's get another when you get your prostate massage when you come, it's a full fantasy. Uh-huh. But I'm just intrigued by how do straight guys respond? Do you tell them or do you just Always. go to Brown Town? No, I don't go to Brown Town <laughs> because if that's not something they're comfortable with, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable because i don't want a partner to do that to me you um, know what what a good point yeah but um but you know i i understand some things you don't asking for it does take away the the, the excitement about it mm-hmm. but um with yeah with like i just i asked them have you ever had anything done to your ass and are you curious about it i'm just you know just <laughs> how wondering. often are people open to it um the last two people <laughs> the last one guy i was seeing that i i ended it with was really open to it had never i don't think he's ever had it done and i successfully like milked his prostate i was Work. so proud of myself because i didn't even look it up i didn't even look up how to do it i just like felt my way through it which you, follow, is, you followed your nose i you followed can't yeah yeah <laughs> well i just felt his body it was very it was a natural reading of somebody else's body because i was really because the sex we had was oh my god so good um and then the other guy i was seeing he was just like i asked him that question he goes no but you can do whatever you want to me and it he wasn't aroused by it, but he was just like he literally spread his legs. He's like, "You can figure my ass, so I don't care." And then yeah. I, I did it, but I'm like, "Well, this is not." The but he wasn't responding to it. He, he wasn't was responding like, at all. So I'm like, like he oh. was like playing his Nintendo DS, like beating <laughs> in Mario, his head, yeah, like beating Mario Kart while you were right. like figuring his whole yeah. That's so I'm like, okay, you're just I, I'm like, I don't know if you're just trying to prove how open you are, and that's that's cool, but you got to be turned on by because if you're not turned on, yeah. I don't want to do it. And I feel like in gay relationships, it's just kind of understood that you, there's going to be some butt eating. And yeah, like, right. You usually don't say like, "Can I eat your like?" If you're gonna if you're gonna have sex you usually don't don't start with like hey are you comfortable with your butt being eaten yeah. kind of like you can you can probably eat a girl's pussy I was without, gonna say it's more standard being like yeah. yeah do you like to have your vagina you know cunnilinged or I don't know what the <laughs> no uh, if someone asked me that I would I would die can I yeah. eat your box no yeah, so, so but I imagine eating a straight guy's butt is a is a full fantasy and that's something that happens later into our sexual uh, relationship you know it's not a one it's yeah. not the first time thing it's not the you know, you people been asking re- a recently good, a good way to get to find out if a butt is good or not is oh, you yeah. just kind of play with the ass while you're making out yeah and then when you they're not looking you just kind of put your hand 
stand by your face. I've done that. And if, it, and if oh. it's I've done good, that. And if it's good, then you go, you hang out there. I've only yeah. done that to myself. Or I'll, I'll put his balls in my mouth and I'll just while I'm down there, I'm like, just give a little oh. sniff. Yeah. And if it, and everything's good, yeah. then you everything's take the, good. The, take butt the D check. train to Brownsville. Yeah. But but hygiene. But like, so you, the wiping of recently, right? But what about hair? Oh, I love butt hair. Butthole hair? Yeah, I like them smooth. People have hair on their butthole? Yeah, or is people, it like around the butthole? People absolutely yeah. have hair on their butthole. Oh, because mine's like, a, like around it, not on the actual butthole. Well, I mean, not on the actual butthole, but the hair around it is so hairy that it's overlapped. Do you have a preference of pubic hair? No, not really, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. I thought I did, but then I dated a guy who just didn't shave at all. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't know that clean shaven does it for me, but I've also, I don't think I have ever hooked up with a guy who was clean shaven, like to the point where it was like slick and that, that might turn me on, but I've never had it. So I don't know. I have. Oh, really? Mm. I, you know what? The only, thing I don't like, the only thing I don't like is stubbly. Oh yeah. Cause it hurts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stubbly does hurt. I don't know. I've had I've had clean shaven straight dudes, and I'm like, I, I, those are like the cleanest people I know, though. Like the cleanest partners I've had. I like when a guy has pubes. Like, uh, I don't know for butt. I mean, if well, I'm but, gonna eat but, your butt, like I just I just don't trust straight men to clean their butts. Yeah, yeah. because I've seen I've seen I've done one because he asked. I don't offer, but if you ask, I'll do. If you ask, I'll do pretty much everything. And anything once as long as it feels like uh like safe like i'm not gonna like get any kind of disease uh or and i and it doesn't feel demeaning how do you feel about the, the <clears throat> blood puke poop uh rule i'm very into blood like blood play is like a thing that i'm like very into well, so like, like having their blood on you yeah any real any blood, kind though. of blood i i'm very i'm very into but poop and puke no but how especially you, puke oh my god so, gross so but the, I, for me it's also you're I'm going to be there's going to be hurting like it seems like it. oh i like pain though yeah i like pain too i like i'm more into inflicting pain than receiving pain to be honest mm-hmm. yeah but i just it just seems i would i, I would be so i would be, i would be scared I would be nervous. I'd be like, "This is good. this is nerve wracking." Nervous about what? Like actually hurting somebody or getting hurt yourself or yeah, with about, the blood? Yeah, with well, the blood. Well, it's like you you have to be like a registered nurse to fucking know how to draw blood. I yeah, would like think, I'm right? not, I'd have like a phlebotomist. A phlebotomist. <laughs> well, there's like different levels. I mean, like that's like we we talked to someone who actually was like taking vials of it. That that I don't necessarily. I don't need to get a lot of uh, <laughs> like tools out. That do doesn't you remember do it when for uh, me. Angelina Jolie was wearing a vial, vial of, of her? her- Brother's uh, blood, uh, or lover's blood. Yeah, yeah. Do Bobby I remember Pierre. it, or do I think about it every day? Bill Bob Thornton, baby. I think about that. I've I've mentioned that so often. I think like, it's hot. I'm it, very I into that. I think it's really cool. Uh, there's something really cool about it. Because that's to me, like, because there's like, so it's like, there's people who are like not monogamous, but for me, I have realized, like, kind of through this pro- process, that I'm like psychotically monogamous, which can be its own kink, where oh. you're just like fucking crazy, and yeah. that, which is, I think, what Angelina Jolie was kind of exhibiting. Uh, with the Billy Bob Thornton relationship, so I realized that that's that's what does it for me. I saw a really Just funny um, video online where this guy was like, "Ugh, you're into pee, gross!" And this, his response was, "Hey, no kink shaming." And then he goes, "Kink shaming is my kink." And the guy was like, "Oh, oh we're in the Matrix." <laughs> have you ever been asked to do something sexually that you were like, "Nope"? Um, have I ever been asked to do something sexually that I didn't want to do? No, I can't think of any time that i've been asked to do something with the exception of um uh, uh sex without a condom oh oh yeah well that's, that's yeah. safety yeah. yeah with the exception of having like bareback sex which by the way is a kink like bareback sex especially in the gay world is a full-on kink it's mm-hmm. actually even but i just think it's more dangerous for 
straight people or for heterosexual sex because if you have some bareback sex, then you might get a disease. Or you might get uh, a human. Or you, yeah, but if you have it with, with straight people, you end up with a fucking person. Yeah, a but person. it's really hot to go raw dog, But I mean, not if dude. you're on the pill. You know what's not hot? Picking up your fucking kids from soccer practice. <laughs> you know what's hot, though? Having a choice over your own body, but I also have the luxury of living in a state that allows me to do that. True, exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, having... Like you like I just wanted a little bit of raw sex and now I'm at a piano recital. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted a little bit of raw dog. I do want kids one day. And so. now I'm listening to my kids chunk out a really horrible <laughs> rendition of Chopin's Nocturne. Well that's because I've never allowed a dick in me without being on the pill because of that. Because that is I like have. my number one fear. It just I have because I'm risky and I only think of the uh, things that I'll benefit from and not really yeah. the drawbacks. So. The gay version of uh, birth control is PrEP. You know what PrEP is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pre-exposure prophylaxis. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's for the gay, HIV. That's, that's gay birth control. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. PrEP totally. is awesome. If anyone's listening doesn't know about PrEP and you're gay, I mean, yeah, you really oh, gotta, you, yeah, get you on really it. Gotta, you Google gotta, that. You gotta get that. If you go, if it's you want if you want a raw dog, you gotta get that PrEP. But also, just bear in mind, PrEP does not protect from anything except HIV. But also, right. bear in mind that condoms only protect tech from like the three big ones hiv yeah. gonorrhea no hiv gonorrhea and chlamydia yeah everything else you can't condoms yeah. will not stop warts or herpes crabs. or crabs oh or, crabs just jump from mm-hmm. pube to pube or you can i found out the hard way you can get or uh uh chlamydia from sucking a dick that's like lame oh in your throat right and it's just that's such so a fucking lame oh i didn't know that the, it's like there is no god yeah it's just like first of all i'm just not putting a dick in my mouth with a condom on it i'm not uh, i'm not it's so funny because i actually came home from sex ed i remember like when i was i guess in in middle school or high school and i kind of went over what they were teaching with my mother and she like actually laughed out loud when i told them that they were saying to suck dicks with, with condoms. Condoms. i mean at Absolutely least they were talking not. about sucking she dicks was- she like laughed out loud it's and I never goofy. forgot that's and, hilarious and if you do it good for you, you. just learned a lot about your mom yeah and I'll be dental damned if I'm about to put a dental dab on an asshole when I eat yeah. it yeah I'm not licking a balloon yeah I'm just not yeah I had yeah I've one time but it was with a sex worker I sucked a dick with the, he had a condom on but I was like I'm just not gonna do this I'm paying for it I don't wanna suck your dick have you ever had uh, chlamydia or gonorrhea I, no just, so I have had chlamydia once and it's just it's a shot to the ass and it is uh, like a butt in your butt cheek you get a in shot in your butt cheek yeah and it and it, that hurts because I got a steroid shot in my ass and that hurt a lot and when I say hurt because it feels like you got punched in the ass by a really strong person for Oh, week. really? And then uh, it's not like a shot. Like, you know, if they syringe, it wouldn't be spouting everywhere. It's oh, do very, they like put it in The deep? medicine is very thick. It's ah! like it's like having like like having a gurt injected into your oh, ass cheek. Oh boy! It's a and it takes them about a minute to do it. It's not, it's not like boom. It's like, man, oh man! It's like wow. So tell me about your weekend. And they slowly <gasps> inject this thick gelatinous medicine into your ass. Why wow. does it have to go on your Good ass? Because it's I the most meaty or like I'm, fatty. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor. What do I know? I don't, I don't know. What did you ex- were you experiencing symptoms, or are you just getting a routine? No, chest? I actually had no. Uh, the or, the symptoms of oral chlamydia are actually in and, and oral gonorrhea are practically. I can't remember which one I had. I know that sounds so ridiculous. I can't remember which <laughs> one it was, but um, there are practically no symptoms. Like wow, no, the things that like over ninety percent of people literally experience no symptoms, and also it will go away by itself. Though people don't know that too. Oh, um, but oh, I, really? Yeah, I found out because the, the guy called me and was like, "Hey, I have gonorrhea. You should go get checked." Or chlamydia. I can't remember which one it was. Now, yeah, something. Okay. do you have a conver- do you have a conversation with everybody before you sleep with them? Of when is the last time you were tested? And if so, how? What do you? How do Obviously, you not it? that one time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. No, I don't. But and especially normally because um, 
because the sexual activity I engage in is a pretty low risk for um, HIV or oh, okay. hepatitis. Um, yeah, it's pretty low risk for those two. Okay. Um, and the other ones, with the exception of, and the other ones are like, you know, a shot or a couple of pills. Yeah. Two weeks on a on a antibiotics and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever had sex with a woman? Good question. Have ever, uh, kinda, sorta, kinda. <laughs> Whoa, like, explain. Was, my, my girlfriend in high school, I was like inside of her for like. Two seconds. Maybe five seconds, and then we stopped. Why did you stop? Because because she was she was like, I remember we were in this car, and she it was one of those moments that was very like under the moonlight. She was like, I was in her, and she was like, "We're fucking." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, and Bitch. then and then we were in there, and then it was we, it was both of our first time, and we were both like, "We should probably stop." And then we just ended up stopping. It was also in the back seat of a fucking uh, like Honda. Central or some shit. Ah, uh, yeah, you're too like tall a, like for that. Next to the Nissan Central, yeah. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for tall so people. So at that time, did you did you think yep, that I you were attracted? Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I've never. I don't think I've ever asked someone, and they were like, "No, I didn't know yet." Like, at, it, even I, if they were having sex. So you were you were just doing it because of like society, culture. Well, she was my friend, okay. and I think that in those moments, I was attracted to her because yeah. I, I had an erection, and I think in those yeah. moments, I also do consider myself a little bit more pansexual than most gay guys would. Mm. Okay. Um, um, I am attracted to some women, but usually pretty butch women. Oh, cool. And my high school girlfriend, she, but she was not butch. She was actually pretty girly. Um, but I am attracted to um, some women, yeah. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. yeah for sure. I What's, feel like, yeah, you don't hear that that often from gay men. And I'm intrigued by your sex worker story. I tried to hire a sex worker in Brazil. Oh, yeah. Because I heard they're like the best and they are just the prettiest people in the yeah. universe. Everyone from Brazil is just. But he was just, mm. you know, like I said, for me, one of the biggest parts of sexual attraction is feeling like you're attracted to me. Yeah. And <laughs> I just did not think he was attracted to me. Oh. So it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. Good. I was like, this guy's not into me. He just, there's no way anyone who looks like this guy, but that's also my own bullshit. Um, but mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, there's just no way this guy's into me. It's just not possible. But sometimes it is. That's why you sometimes are like, oh, this person would never be into me. But every now and again, they are. And then you hit the jackpot. Especially if you can, if you can just make me think you are. Yeah. This guy did, <laughs> well, it's this part guy, of the sex worker job yeah. a lot of the times. Yeah. This guy did not make me think he was. I was like, all right, we're done here. Yeah, this guy was this guy was into me because he, he, before he left, he was like, yeah, call me again. I'd love to see you again. It was an escort service. So they didn't technically have to like, you know, that's the legality of it as an escort service. And then I basically interviewed. I had to go out for drinks with them. I paid for three hours because I needed to like get to know him and feel comfortable because I've never had. That was like my first one night stand, basically. Um, but yeah, it was uh, he seemed attracted to me, but also it was just I felt freer because it's like, oh, I could never see you again. And that's OK. It's not a disrespectful thing. It's not a what's going to happen thing. It's just how this how this works how this transaction works gorgeous and he was so sweet and great body he was just great if you're paying for it you know what i mean yeah yeah what's the picture of him if you're paying for it it has to be the thing yeah you better show up like your headshot yeah and he did and he did that was fun could you ever be a sex worker no you have to have a certain i mean i'm not i'm not saying you don't because we don't really know each other like that but to be a sex worker, you have to have a certain confidence. One, that yeah. you are really that bitch. Oh, uh, yeah. And then two, you just have to be really, really good at it. 
And I don't know, I just don't think that I don't I I actually am really intrigued by sex work. I wanna I would like to at some point work in all capacities, meaning have a John, be a hooker, and be a madam. Ooh. Like I triple wanna, threat. I wanna I mean one of them dream of mine, but it's not a dream I ever actually pursue because I have to move to Nebraska and who wants to move to I mean Nevada, who wants to move to Nevada? Yeah. But I do want to I would love to be a madam at a brothel. I wanna own Ooh. a brothel and fully have like a brothel, a queer LGTB. I think that's a great idea. Nice. What do you say, babe? If you owned a brothel, what would its name be? Well, I mean, <laughs> Great question. Well, I, I want to call it the, like, because there's, there's the Bunny Ranch. Everyone yeah. knows the Bunny Ranch. I would kind of want to call it, like, maybe, like, Bob's Playhouse. Ooh. Or, yeah, cause I, I, but I want it to be for, like, uh, gay boys and bears. I want to have trans people there. I want to yeah. have, like, you know, I want to have the full spectrum of hookers. Yeah. I like that. Would but, that turn you on, or would you, like, or would you just, just want to be? I think I would probably sleep with some of my um, employees. Nice. Yeah. Good, good. I, I would consider doing, I, I, and I have since I was younger, but uh, I think it'd be really hot to ca- be a cam girl that doesn't show my face. But I would be interested in that because that would turn me on. Knowing yeah. that other people will be watching. I was going to say, I, like, I could be a cam girl or a stripper. Beyond that, like, I couldn't have sex with someone I like for money I just yeah, wouldn't be I interested would I'd be, cry I saw I barely like having sex with you know like most people on the planet that's so. another reason why I couldn't yeah. have sex uh, be a sex worker because I don't think I don't think I could have sex with someone that I'm not sexually attracted yeah, to yeah I don't think I could do it either yeah, yeah that'd be hard I, I there was this guy years ago who stayed in my apartment who apparently had a nine and a half inch dick apparently uh, apparently well because okay so he and my roommate met on like this old app called Adam for Adam, mm-hmm. which is like gr- pre grinder. Okay. Ah. Um, and then, but the guy, they ended up meeting the guys and the guy ended up being like, Hey, I need a place to sleep. Can I stay? And then he ended up staying on our couch. And I just remember like waking up like in the, like in the twilight hours because he'd like wake up to go to the bathroom. And you know, a lot of times guys wake up with erections. Yeah. And I do remember like g- vaguely seeing this erection that seemed out of this world. Wow. And a nine and a half inch penis is, that's gigantic. Uh, it's it's like a actual true real life nine and a half inch penis is like mm. unheard of. Like yeah. if you have a nine and a half inch penis, really, yeah, you will probably more than likely never meet anyone with a dick longer than yours. True. But also, I don't know if you guys know much about uh Grinder lying about how so according to Grinder, the average size dick is eight inches. That's like gr- girl Grinder is the f- every, every, I was like the average like five or six. Yeah. Every guy it's on Grinder straight land. Every guy on Grinder swears his dick is eight inches, which is just absolutely not true. You're gonna see the dick and know it's not. But, I mean But what but eight inches of dick in the gay world has changed. Like people oh. think that looks like an eight inch dick, although you've never actually measured it. Like guy, gay guys don't even know I'm like I'm like I would say like to six them, inches. I said, "How big do you think your iPhone Plus is?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'd be like, "It's probably like nine inches." Like, it's like what? six it's and six. a half inches. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Six. A dollar bill is six inches. And long. they're like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." You've been lied to about what eight inches looks like so many times. And you times. could just go to CVS and get a ruler. Oh, that's six. Six is smaller than I thought. Yeah, okay. actually, six is six inch dick ain't bad. Also, that's guys, actually, oh, I thought this was small. This feels le- that's this a long. If feels it's small. This, if it's that long, it's not too bad. Do you like big dicks? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I like I like like average sized dicks. A big dick hurts. Well, I don't like a huge dick, but yeah. a big dick. I mean, I'm like, in. and what's big? I mean, like over eight. No thanks. If someone pulled out Word. that smart water bottle, by the way, for the oh, listeners, that ain't gonna fit for in listeners, there. It's not the massive smart water bottle. It's like a pretty it's the medium smart yeah. water bottle. It's oh, about, how many it's, ounces? It's about a Lacroix and a half. I mean, this oh, is yeah. twenty three point seven ounces. So how That's would you a, feel about twenty three point seven ounces of dick? Too big. <laughs> Not even, yeah, not even, I mean, not even appealing in any way. Not length, not girth, no thanks. It has to be like this and then like, you know, I like, I like girth though. That's a little too girthy. But I could have a fist in me. So. Wow. So, but 
But why would the dick hurt But the fist Because you won't? have to work up To the fist So You have to put a lot of time And effort into yeah. it Your finger's moving A different way than your And And yeah It's does. like this And if the whole dick Is that thick Yeah that There's no leave, There's no easing not, A fist is what Maybe three and a half Four inches long Yeah but like Maybe a, When when I get fisted It's always like right, this yeah, yeah. No, no one It's like the show Give me the money Very few people get punch fucked Very ah! few yeah, no. Because you've heard anal beads if you're going in fingers yeah. first with a with a. Although fisting. I've seen a pleasure chest, uh, yeah. objects for gentlemen's buttholes yeah. that are the fist and like the yeah. we have the a powder with one like that. Yeah, 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 and it's a big fist. Well, I was watching a porn recently, Damn. but where this guy was like backing up on this dildo, but the dildo was so long, it was literally like you could see it was like his <gasps> stomach was moving. What his, the fuck, uh, His stomach dude? was literally like I was like oh. It was, it was mind-boggling. Yeah. It was so and impressive. That mm. felt good, I guess. He looked happy. Wow. And, yeah. looked, and I'm, I am no bottom. Um, and I, admi- I actually had a dream last night that I was bottoming. I had a, this dream Ooh. last night that I was like. Moving day. Bottoming. And I was like, what is going on? And then I woke up. I don't remember who it was, but I just remember waking up thinking to myself, I just bottomed. And I well, was do you get stuff up your butt like that's not necessarily penis? No, not really. Really? Have you ever had a prostate stimulator? I've had a whole dick up my butt yeah. before. Oh, okay. I've had the whole thing. You don't like it? It's just, I think that, I just, I don't think I have the the motor skills. Oh, okay. I don't think I've developed the motor skills that bottoming requires, which I'm, huh. it's not an area of pride. It's not me being like, I'm not a bottom. It's just like, I actually think that it, being a bottom is uh, is a talent that I have not um, that I have not achieved. What qualifies? My boyfriend's as a, posing. What qualifies there. as a talented bottom? Well, I mean, one, you can take the dick and you can maybe take it pretty hard. You can and you're enjoying it. Let me try now. In terms of gay sex, no one likes butt sex more than a gay guy who loves getting pounded. Yeah, that is the like no top, no nothing loves. But sex more than a what we in the business call a power bottom. Mm, yes, yes, oh. yes. Which, from what I understand, power bottom is a phrase that was a term that was coined on the show Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Really, it's a great show. Really, I feel like I've heard that before. I that show came on. It's really? been on for a while, but it's, that show's been on for like. 14 years yeah, now. I've lived time. in New York for 16. I definitely was here. That power bottom was definitely here when I got here. Oh. <laughs> I, might be, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Okay, yeah. you, if anyone email us if you're, with your thoughts. Yeah, if that. you invented a power bottom, then please call us. I'm curious. Well, uh, question for the for the bottom, though. So, like, how does, like, does a bottom traditionally get off the same way, like, as far as, like, ejaculating? Well, there are some bottoms who can come without touching themselves at all. Nice. Really? I think that also depends on what the top is doing. Right. A lot of, a lot of bottoms will like either be on their back or on top while jerking off at the same time. Uh-huh, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and then a lot of some bottoms, there are also a lot of bottoms who don't want, who don't need to come. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know if it was like, oh, you, you pound them and then you suck their dick. Uh, that's, I, we've done that. Oh, I didn't, I, I didn't know if there was like a, a standard. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's just it's, whatever it's, you like. It's cause I, I mean, I hooked up this guy and I, I, he's actually gonna, he's gonna hear, he always hears about when I talk about him because it was the best sex I ever had, this guy in Australia that I hooked up with. But he was his bottom and he just didn't, He but he's always like, I heard you talk about me again. Um, he was a bottom who was insatiable and he just did, he didn't need to come. Wow. And that's why it was some of the best sex you've had. Low, low just, maintenance. Honestly, it was just because he was. It <laughs> well, was you don't just, have to worry. It wasn't because I didn't have to, it was just because this 
guy knew what he was he was knew what he wanted he was young he was like 19 and he yeah. was like oh wow i was like how is the best sex i've ever had with a 19 year old he was wow he knew what he was doing i mean i i gotta say is i mean i learned from him really yes wow was, that's wonderful this guy was he knew what he was doing and what is he like being very vocal during sex he was oh. he was very he was very, he was very <laughs> passive Oh. But very submissive. Oh. Um, but still a power bottom, like really like wanting it really bad. And like huh. I also yeah. felt very sexy when I was with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I love very important. Pounded. Being pounded is, you know, that in itself is a gift. Pound cake. Absolutely. You've heard the expression pound cake. No. I was just no? going along with it. Well, cause... pound cake is a pounding is like getting fucked really hard. Cake is ass. So oh. pound cake oh. is like getting your ass pounded. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Give me that pound cake. I've never I yeah, get my ass pounded. Whoo wee. That's the time I have to the ER. Sex, though? No, that's somebody ain't only into the ER. Actually not not the last time. But um it's okay it's okay. I actually don't mind it. if I'm hooking up with a guy with an average sized dick or a smaller dick, I like it. It's fun. I, I just I just I just want I mean Anatomically speaking, how does that work for it? I don't come from anal, but uh, it just feels good. Feels good. Something different. Yeah. My uh, my friend from college, she always said. I remember her being like, "It just feels like taking a good shit." Yeah, and taking a good shit when it feels goes out, great. Yeah. Which is what anal beads also fe- feel like, you know? Yeah. So, hmm. anal. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, uh, work. It's really fun. Um, what a beautiful <laughs> ending. Anal. Anal. A love story. <laughs> What do your shoes say? F U. Oh fuck! When you put oh. them together. Oh, I, did, I was like, I was like, F U. I gotta then, be careful where I wear them. Like, I can't wear them around like when kids are coming home from school and stuff. So. Well, it, one it could just be F U. The other just looks like a Calvin Klein. Shoe. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, guys. Relax. <laughs> this has been fun. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, Thank thanks you. so much for coming. Is there anything you want to promote or talk about or plug? Where or can anything? we find you? Yeah, yeah we can guys, find you online. Well, you all can listen to my podcast, which is uh, Sibling Rivalry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to siblingrivalrypodcast.com. It's me and my drag sister, Monet Exchange, mm-hmm. who's my best friend in the world. And uh, we also do a live show once a month in New York City. So you can check <gasps> out Sibling Rivalry Live. If you, uh, we do it, uh, but we, we've also been floating around a lot. We were in uh, $3 Bill, then the Bell House, then mm. we just did Sonia Hall last night. Ooh. But I think we're going back to the Bell House uh, for next great. month. It's amazing. Um, so check out Sibling Rivalry Podcast, and you can follow me um, on social media. Instagram is Bob the Drag Queen. Awesome. Because I need, I, I only have a million followers, so please follow that's me. That's true. You do have a million followers. That, sorry, that's that low. RuPaul <laughs> drag status, baby. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Guys We Fucked the Anti Slut Shaming Podcast. We will talk to you next Friday. She looks like Barbie, smokes like Marley, a California dream. Won the natural lottery. Spirit free, she's a West Coast soul. Stopping all the hearts from here to San Diego.